My name is Scott McKeeper, and you're listening to Beers of the Roundtable Presents The Back Bar. And today, I am joined by Zach Adams. Hello, everybody. And Bobby Kim. What's up, guys? And we are at... We are at Armadillo Ale Works, located here in the heart of Denton, Texas. Uh, one of the latest and greatest things to come out of our beautiful town here. Providing great beer to the community and a uh, great atmosphere, too. Yeah, I want to say this is actually pretty cool because it's the first time we're actually doing like a remote for Beers of the Round Table. So. This is kind of our beta leading up. We're really hoping in the near future to start doing more... Um, kind of adventurous travel things. Marking with our first one year, or with our one year anniversary this uh, past cast, we have a lot of really cool changes in mind. Four beers at the round table to expand us even farther. And Armadillo's is the first step towards that. Um, today we got ourselves in front of us a wide variety of beers. I personally am drinking the Armadillo Wondermelon Cloche style. Delicious, delicious beer, nice and summery, made with actual Californian-grown watermelon juice. Mm-hmm. Bobby, what are you drinking tonight, man? Um, earlier, I actually had a Honey Please, but now I have the Lanyard IPA, which is uh, really nice, actually. I'm really, really enjoying it, especially with these fries we have in front of us. It's um, not as refreshing, but it's definitely an IPA. It hits a little hard, but I like that. Yeah, and I'm drinking the same thing as uh, Zach over here, so... Uh, I, I guess being a little lame, but I really like it. <laughs> no, man. It's a seasonal blend right now and uh, only available here in the tap room at Armadillo Ale Works, to my knowledge. Um, no matter what, even if it is available in the stores, you need to come down here. It's right by Boca 31 and try their latest seasonal coming out right now. It's about 5.5% on that uh, Wonder Melon. And then for the Land Yacht IPA, it's running at about 7.3%. So both of them will really uh, give you a little bit of a kick. Uh, definitely a lot more than our uh, next scheduled cast. Hint, hint, we're doing shitty beers. Bud Light, <laughs> Miller White, Coors. God, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. It's going to be horrible. But the reason I gathered you two here is so that we can talk about what an amazing E3 we just had. You know, a lot of people are talking shit about this E3, but i got to say personally, I think it was a fantastic E3. Definitely a lot better than last year's in my opinion. Because we have a lot of anticipated IPs that are being reborn or being brought back through sequels, uh, remasters, or just continuations in general in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had the, uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the Nintendo um, conference that uh, ended... Uh, most recently, I believe. I think mm -hmm. that was the last one. Yeah, it was the last we one. We saw the release of Smash Bros, Fortnite. Smash Bros. Yeah, I mean, that was crazy just because we're getting Smash Bros with everyone in it. Like, uh -huh. everyone who's ever been in a Smash game, we're getting them. Plus, Ridley, which has been like, you know, kind of like an online troll almost. Like, hey, yeah. add Ridley into the game. And, uh, what's, it, what, what's the director's name, Bobby? The director of Smash Bros? Yeah, what's his name? Uh, I actually forgot on the top of my head. I know there's a meme about it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, he, he's always said, like, oh, you know, Ridley is too big. Ridley can't fit in the game. And yeah, he, yeah. He, did, he fucking did it. And also, this it's been rumored It's been rumored that Simon Belmont from Castlevania is also going to be a playable DLC character as well. Or another additional character, uh, just like Ridley was. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it's really exciting to hear that it's coming out, like, in November of this year, too. So, I'm really looking forward to that. So with this conversation, we're going to kind of go backwards from Nintendo, then to Sony. Oh, yeah, it's Sakurai. And then uh, PC Gaming yeah. Show. Sakurai. Yeah. And then followed by Ubisoft, uh, Bethesda, Microsoft, and EA. 
Um, everything else, we're not going to worry too much about it. But back to Nintendo. You know, uh, I was just reading before we started the cast tonight, Nintendo stock actually fell after the C3 due to, um, and this is rumored, uh, poor... Um, E3 presentation. Which he has that in quotes for everyone who can't see. Well, and the thing is, is that it shows that they don't seem to realize that there is a difference between quantity over quality whenever it comes to gaming in regards to releases and stuff like that. Smash Bros., this is outrageously ambitious. We're talking about features that haven't been present since the very, you know, early entries of the game, like Brawl. We're talking Mm -hmm. about the return of the campaign mode. We're talking about... All the characters, every single one, including Ice Climbers, which was originally removed from the uh, last generation of Smash Bros. due to hardware limitations on the 3DS, right? being brought back in. We're talking about game styles that I personally really enjoyed. The idea of only starting out with like seven characters and having to earn all of the characters, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of nice. Sometimes it sucks to have everything from right at the start. I mean, it's like right. having a cheat code available. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what, um, Sakurai, his work is is fantastic. And there is a lot of talk and some rumors going around that this might be his last game. Well, I think it's only fitting if it is his last game because sure. it's everything. Yeah, like, I think this would be really, really fitting for it to end just because, I mean, Smash has run a really, really long time. What has it been, like, 2006? Uh, I think, I think that when the first him. one came out. Maybe, you know, maybe not way before that. I'm sorry, in 64. So we're talking like earlier than that. Yeah. So first game was in 1999 yeah, in Japan. So like and also in America. It's 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 been out for like almost like 20 years now, pretty much. So like this is like their anniversary. Hey, this is like a strong. This is a really strong note to end it on. I, I certainly do agree that like it is really really cool to see that characters have to be earned because it kind of did, did stand out a lot from uh, the patch generation where it's like, hey, this is mainly a party game, which Smash Bros. most certainly is like a big part, like party fighting game for sure for sure fun with. But i do really like appreciate the the value is like what you put in is what you get out so the more you play the like the more you're rewarded for playing and then like you know just girls like hey man guess what i unlocked today i, I got i just like pikachu today or something like that that's just really really like something to look forward to and now it's couch co-op man couch co-op makes make a comeback because like that's that's a fun that's a fun stuff right there oh for sure for sure i also think to myself too smash bros there's nothing better whenever you're going to unlock a character and your butthole clenches up because you're like, oh, shit, dude, he's about to throw me off this fucking <laughs> ring. And yeah. if you lose that, you have to do all that work to get that one character back right. just and, to fight him again. And what was even cool was they were saying that 1v1 matches, now you actually do more damage so they get yeah. done quicker. So it's going to be even more intense of like, oh, shit, I really yeah. need to play, play good to get the, <laughs> unlock also, this character. Like uh, the whole mechanic that they put in surrounding Ryu... Where it's like when you're doing a one-on-one fight, mm-hmm. you'll play like a normal Street Fighter character. Yeah. That really struck out to me, but I was like, why would they only put that in for one character? So that has me thinking maybe they'll put in more Street Fighter characters, maybe? Maybe. Oh, because I mean, to make that one mechanic just for, like, fit around just for Ryu, maybe uh, it's really, really cool, but I think they should also kind of expand on it a little bit. Maybe. But, but that only works when it's one-on-one with Ryu. What's up? It only works for one-on-one with Ryu. Yeah, yeah, it only works one-on-one with, like, with Ryu, so... So I'm saying add more Street Fighter characters. Like, put Akuma in there. Put Chun-Li. Yep. Uh, who's another Street Fighter character you can put in? Put Dan in. Dan would be kind of cool. No, I wouldn't be cool. Don't put Dan in there. <laughs> well, so, in, anything else from Nintendo, though? Uh, yeah, we've got a couple things to talk about. I mean, about. I guess um, anything else thing, you guys want to note about so, them? Well, we have the uh, introduction of uh, the new uh, Mario Party game. So, Mario yeah. Party had a little bit of a downturn with the Wii U. 
because they went over from a board system to a card system, if I uh, am remembering correctly. Um, the game was not memorable. People didn't like it. Um, and there was there was nothing to come of it. And so the return to the board game design is really welcoming. And also with the actual portability of the Nintendo Switch, you're going to have a lot more um, options available to you. Right. You know, the Joy-Cons being, uh, I mean, as advanced as they are, you know, the touch and motion controls are going to be wonderful on them. The other big thing that I saw, too, that I thought that was really cool, considering that all of us here on the cast, uh, basically all of us have Switches, mm-hmm. you know, is the ability to come out to places like here at Armadillo Aleworks and bring your Switches mobily and touch the screens together to make the game board actually larger. The Switches communicate with one another, right. from what I could tell, and allow for a larger board game. Well, see, and that reminds me of, did you guys ever have, like, the little, like, cube guys? Where, like, you'd put the cubes together and it would make, like, a hotel and they'd go like and the hang. houses and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what it reminded me of, is like, oh, man, that's, that's like, really cool to see that type of technology, you know? It's a wonderful design feature. It's it's a, it's something that is exclusive to handheld systems or mobile systems, so to speak. And they're using their home consoles' mobile capabilities to accomplish that, and I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's definitely an experience you wouldn't be able to get on any of the other consoles right now. Yeah, for sure. Also, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick before we go on to the next like game. Um, the whole thing about the rumors that Nintendo stocks dropped because of... Or that they did drop, but like the reason behind it... It's rumored to be that people were unsatisfied with, like, the announcements at E3 that Nintendo did. Because there's no Animal Crossing or whatever the fuck they're wanting. Well, it's like, it's like, Nintendo is, like, probably, like, one of the only companies, and we'll talk talk about this a little little bit, too, with Sony, because Sony did pull some bullshit as well, but I think Nintendo's one of the only companies that, like, they really look at, like, what the user base wants, because everyone did want a new Smash, everyone wanted another Mario, Mario Party. Everyone did want the new, like, you know, wanted remakes for these other games to come out. And they, like, they did everything that people asked for. Bro, they've been releasing... There's a meme about that. It's like, never for, for Monster Sakura, it's like, never ask me for anything again. Because people keep asking for shit to be added on to... to Smash. Smash. And, yeah. and like, he'll be like, dude, that's not going to work. And he'll actually, he actually did. He brought, like, every single character. Um, Monster Sakura didn't make Mario Party, but... Mario Party got brought back, and everyone wanted that. So I don't see why everyone's complaining about it so much. Well, they are the kings of the IP release right now. Well, I mean, in all honesty, that's what I feel like is going. I mean, they had what three? I or they had two or three IPs released. That's a, that is a, a or a Nintendo IP. Mm-hmm. And then you know the other thing too is that they've probably got more lined up for this year. They don't want to present it all at once. You don't just unload all at once, man. I mean, there's a lot of other things going on this year, and they've been releasing new IPs since uh-huh. the Switch came out. Right. Since it came out. Yeah, and I, I think also people fail to realize that, like, Nintendo came out ahead of this and saying, you know, this is going to only be a... Or every year at Nintendo... At, I'm sorry. Every year at E3, Nintendo debuts one game. And so, two years ago it was Breath of the Wild. Last year was Mario, and this year it was Smash Brothers. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they're the, doing their same schedules they yeah, always it, have. Why like, is it other a surprise? games are coming out? Right, and like, so uh, for their stock to drop, yeah, that may have happened right now. But you know, come when is it? Like October, or, right? That Smash comes out. Yeah, October. November. 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 Okay, yeah. November. Oh. Their stock is going to go way up when Smash comes out because it's going to be like. It's going to be another Legend of Zelda thing. Like, you know, there will be, like, one Smash per console pretty much coming out. Or, like, it, the buy rate will be that high. Like, yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it's honestly nothing to worry about if so you own their stock. Best, what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying, well, yeah, take take the dip while you can, but I, I just couldn't conceive of it not going back up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it will. It will. Now, moving on from first-party IP on Nintendo to third-party, the most exciting one that was announced was Fortnite. And this is going to launch us into our next uh, topic. I'm guessing you guys already know. Uh, moving into Sony and Fortnite and Nintendo and their relationship with all that. Um, I personally like Fortnite. I think it's a good game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Battle Royale, but I like the free-to-play elements, and I like how well it runs. And um, Fortnite was announced and launched same day on E3 during the Nintendo conference. Uh-huh. And afterwards, uh, what happened was was a shitstorm. Um, people started up the game, logged into their Epic accounts and stuff like that to retrieve their character that they right. built and probably right. spent money on for Battle Pass, and re- received with a message saying that this account has been tied with a Sony PlayStation Network account and cannot be played on this system. You know, we apologize for the inconvenience. So, the internet goes into fucking firestorm, dude. And this is this is like this is the thing is that this isn't something new. This started a long time ago. This is why Rocket League doesn't have cross-platform was because originally they were talking about doing it for a while and sony was like no we're not playing with xbox and i i figured it with xbox but i never thought it with nintendo i thought that they would be like because here's the demographic people have pc and switch people have xbox and switch people have ps4 and switch i am an owner of a switch a ps4 and a pc ps4 and pc are the ones that i play my girlfriend she's got an xbox so we share the PC, she's got the Xbox, she can play the Switch if she wants, but that's how you think of it. The only rivalry really going on is between Xbox and PlayStation. Right. And I don't and, get that. And even, actually, Sony came out quite a while ago and was like, we think the Switch is a great second console. Right. right? You, you guys remember that? Whenever it first released. Also, they did touch up on it, but it was like really, really piss poor like, damage control on their mm-hmm. part. They said, what Sony said was like... You know, we're glad they basically they basically were saying like, hey, like we're glad all these consoles came out, and Sony will always be there for like you know your gaming needs, blah blah blah, this blah blah that. We're always listening to like the input of our fans and our consumers, but what the fans and consumers wanted was cross-platform play, like play for these games like Fortnite and Rocket League. Right. Well, and I think well, and what got me, dude? No, and here's the la- the, the the big part of the message too, was that they sat there and they said. Now, there are over 3 million users on the PlayStation Network and blah, 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 literally just sitting there and to summarize it, we have enough players on our network, suck it up and deal with it. Yeah, that's what basically what we're Well, see, and I think that's the thing. It's like when you're the market lead, you don't want to let other people get into your ecosystem. So. And I get that. But honestly, I could see people dropping PlayStation for this reason because Fortnite is a big game in regards mm-hmm. to competitive. Optic Gaming in uh, Fort Worth was this last weekend, right? Which was mainly heavily based on esports competitive play of the uh, new uh, uh, what's it called? I always say Team Fortress uh, Fortnite uh, competitive mode, right? And um, the game is ske- or is slated and scheduled to become a huge uh, esports game, mm-hmm. and to remove that cross cap or capability and stuff like that. Is only just going to piss people off because, yes, you have a lot of players and other things like that, but players that are playing competitive want to have the max range of people. They want to play against everyone to better them skill their skills. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. what keeps you good. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, one thing to touch up on that too is I believe like the most, the majority of uh, 
of uh, competitive gaming is on PCs. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can plug in control if you want. You have a controller preference if you want to use the controller versus mouse and keyboard or whatever. Yeah. So, like, I do agree with that, too. It's um, If I was in the competitive gaming, which I kind of want to be, but I'm not sure because it's, like, it's a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Fortnite, like, PC players, like, they're ridiculous. Like, some of the stuff that they're doing on there. So to go up against, like... People who even even if they're not playing on PC, like you never know, someone could be really really good at, like on Xbox or PS4, and like I don't see anyone out building anyone on Fortnite when it comes to building mechanics uh-huh. versus PC. But I still think like the skill set is like is there like on certain consoles versus like PC. So I and, and, well, and even on Switch, I actually played the Switch version yesterday um, before like coming out so with you guys earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was all right. I first first game I got to. Like third place in solos, yeah. Because no one knew how to play, so it was a fun experience. Uh, but I still, I still think like if I were to play Fortnite, I would prefer it on an Xbox or uh, or a PC. But I still would like the like you know, hey like, hey man, what what console you have? Oh, my mom got me a Switch for Christmas or something. It's like all right, cool. Uh, it's only it's only console you have. Like yeah, all right, cool. I have a PS4. Oh look, we can't play together. But it's like if I have an Xbox or a PC. You know, and you got the Switch for Christmas. Fortnite's free to play. Hey, man, I heard you got Fortnite. I heard you got a Switch. Let's play Fortnite together. You know, that's like, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I guess uh, one last thing before we leave. Uh, uh, Nintendo. Nintendo is like, I got to give a shout out to Octopath Traveler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this weekend I, I'm downloading the uh, the new demo for it because it actually continue Or once you buy the game, you get to keep all your progress from this uh, new demo that's coming out. So, oh shit, nice! I, I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, so, which 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 conference do we want to hit up next? All right, so we're going backwards. The uh, second to last uh, conference that went on was the Sony conference, and Sony started out really fucking strong. Oh, mm-hmm. They brought everybody into a conference room. I look like an old church, you know. It has the outside beer garden kind of lighting and the incandescent orange glow, nice warm lighting going on inside of the building. Right. It looked like a church. Um, one of the Sony execs that was up there, I, I actually don't know his name off the top uh, of my yeah, head. Yeah, he's like the head. He, he's like the Miyamoto yeah. sort of. Of, of yeah. Sony, or yeah. I, No, maybe not Miyamoto. Uh, what's his name? Reggie. Reggie. He's like yeah. the Reggie of, of Sony. Nintendo, yeah. Uh, but for Sony. And uh, basically what happened was, was um, they went through and uh, actually uh, started out and he was like, hey, you know. This will count as church for you guys that are missing out on uh, church tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of funny. It was really weird. And then this guy comes out in a hoodie with a banjo, and he starts playing the Left 4 Dead theme. Little did we you know. Mean Last of Us theme? Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Last of Us theme. Yeah, Left 4 Dead 3 confirmed. No, the Last of Us theme. And turns out that is, uh, uh, Gear, I can't pronounce his name, but, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's the actually guy, the yeah. artistic, the, the, the audio artistic director, uh, right. the c- composer for the, um, for the Last of Us games. And then they brought it into the trailer for Last of Us Part 2. Which was in that church. <laughs> Which was in that exact church. Yep. They literally brought everybody into the conference, okay, into a special conference room just for the release of this game. And it matched the beginning of the trailer. You saw a great trailer that was Ellie heavy. A lot of people were getting all pissed off because if you hadn't played the prequels before and you're a Left 4 Dead fan or a Last of Us fan, or if you if you heard about the game, if you're interested in the game, um, spoiler alert: uh, Ellie's gay. You yeah, know, it's very clear yeah, in the prequels, and, and people freaked out about it, saying her kiss the girl. I, I 
understand. I just couldn't conceive of why anyone online didn't know that. Like, because people were stupid e- and they're like, oh man, look at this. Like, they said that know. they were trying too hard, kind of shit. Yeah, but that, they, they no, that I was. Know. I think that's what made her character so great was the fact that it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a defining characteristic. It was just another. Yeah, it's Part. like something that makes her character. It's like, hey, yeah, by the way, this happens. Like, it's not a big deal. It kills me that even in the first Left 4 Dead, there's the heavier mean, set guy that you run into. You mean... Ah, oh, last, last of Us. Last of Us. I always do this last of us, last and of then, us, last of us. And then that's how actually she was like, hey, what's like, why are these pages sticking together? Like, you guys remember that little joke that she made in the first game? She's like, why are these pages sticking together whenever they're reading the comic? And... Um, to make it clear, um, there's a character that you run into in the first game, and uh, one of the big parts about the game was that he was a kind of protagonist that was very, very much so gay, and his partner uh, dies, and they come across his dead partner. Right. Yeah, so Ellie gets one of like the comics that he has in a drawer, and she's like, huh... Or it's like a, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a comic. I think it's actually a porno magazine. She was like, "Why are all these guys naked?" And um, she wasn't like surprised by yeah. it. She wasn't like, "Oh, hey." Because at the end she says, like, "Just kidding." Know. He's like, "Oh, she said it's gonna be sexual." And then the DLC comes out. Uh, like I think it's called Left Behind, and you go play that, and then in the DLC for that, it's fucking super obvious that. Ellie's like a lesbian, and I was like, "All right, cool. I don't have a problem with this. It's fine." So yeah. I don't know. I don't know why people were just like keep jumping, like you know. Jumping, like reaching for stuff without being super informed or being informed at all, you know, and it makes me really upset that people are like. And that, it kind of seems the same case with, with like back going back to Nintendo with like, oh, they don't really have a lot of good stuff. It's like, well, you guys know that Nintendo only has like one game that they show for every E3, and like everyone's pissed off about The Last of Us because like, oh, she gets know the girl, it's forced because you know all, all the political debate crap we've been having well, going on. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, people are gonna find something to bitch about, just to bitch about it, man. Yeah, you know, and I think. One of the things that um, I think a lot of those people who are complaining online don't even realize is that, like, a kiss scene like that uh, from, like, a programming uh, standpoint is, like, really, really hard to do. Yes. So, like, what made that great is because most of the time, like, you think of, like, um, Uncharted, like, whenever Nathan Drake and uh, whatever the blonde chick is, I don't know. I don't know my Uncharted stuff. But anyways... Right before they're about to kiss, it always kind of like pans away uh-huh. and stuff like that. It's because it's really hard to get those models to like mesh together in that way without it seeing awkward or too much clipping and yeah. stuff like that. So it was just like a technical like. It's actually a technical feat. It's not even right. about gay or it, it, not. Yeah, it's it has, literally it they has can nothing program. to do with the character. It's like just a cool thing yeah. that we are able to do now mm-hmm. due to the technology leap that we actually have. So you I know don't what, know. Now, now I'm thinking about like all the kisses you have in video games, whether it's like Bioware games like Mass Effect or Dragon Age. I realize that like there's some parts where you kind of you kind of see them kiss, but it's like someone's head's always in the way. Yeah, so yeah. like that. I'm realizing that now, huh? Because otherwise it breaks the immersion. Well, the, o- kind of the, the only kiss I can think of that's actually shown is uh, when you're playing. Uh, uh, what was not not Agents of Mayhem, but the one before that, Saints Row Four. Saints Row Four, yeah. Uh, when when you make out with the robot, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's okay because but it's, but a it's robot. okay because it's literally just like a glass pan that he kisses. So it's a lot easier. To yeah. program. Well, um, anyways, moving forward from that, Last of Us started off inside of like a barn uh, church thing, and the trailer was amazing. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out on YouTube. It's a great time. And then everybody moved into another conference room where the rest of the conference was held. And we saw a lot of really great uh, releases. There was uh, Shadow of... Uh, Shadow's not twice. 
No, not Shadows Die Twice. No. no. It's, it's Ghost of Shishima. Oh. Ghost of Shishima. My bad. I, I said that. Oh, no, wait. Shadows Die Twice is it? That was at Microsoft. That's going to be a little bit later on. Oh, my bad, guys. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah, um, but um, they had um, Ghost of uh, Sh- Sh- how do you? Ghost of Shishima. Shishima. And then we Tsushima. also had uh, Spider-Man. We had one of my super, super hype games is uh, Death Stranding, yes. mm-hmm. which I have a crazy theory about. I'm pretty sure I'm right, just by like, watching everything about the trailers. Um, what else do we have at Sony? Um, well, we uh, we didn't hear about Bloodborne 2, which is what a lot of people are bitching about with the Sony thing. So, Well, yeah, they had a From Software game at the end, but it was... Um, Code Vein? No, 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 no. It was, uh, it was a French title. I, I I can't read French. You guys can give a shot oh, at it. I don't it, remember but, what it was. But we did have a uh, Resident Evil Two, baby. But yeah, well, yeah. And what was cool about that is that's Resident Evil Two in the Res Six engine. Yeah. So like it, you know, it, it's putting pretty graphics on on everyone, every yeah. uh, everyone's fan fave See, Leon. So okay. So as a kid, I was terrified of playing Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil games. I played Resident Evil One. I played Two, right? And then I never played Nemesis. Uh, I kind of stopped playing right there because I'd never played Nemesis, and then four came out, and I played four, and I was like, "Wow, I'm actually really interested back in the in the series again." And I played five and six. Don't ever play six; it's horrible. Um, <laughs> you didn't like six? I didn't like six because it was like I, that was like the point where I was like, "All right, this game, this this series." Is it? But six was the most recent one. Seven is the most recent one. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's in yeah. the seven engine. Then. Yeah, seven was amazing. I love seven. Seven's awesome. I love playing that game. It was awesome. Uh, but six was the one where it was more action based and everything. It wasn't scary at all. There was no. It felt more action than survival horror, which was kind of okay. But it was like it felt like you were playing a game that just had a title Resident Evil. Mm. I didn't have anything to do with it. So I was like, all right, whatever. I actually did play Revelations two with a friend. I forgot who I played it with, but that was fun. But to see like. Two being remade and still have its horror elements and have an over over the shoulder camera yeah. and really really good graphics and, and adds that whole factor of like extra immersion in it. I'm really really excited for that game. I know it comes out January 29th. So like the games that I really like I'm excited for, I memorize the dates for. Uh-huh. So I know that game comes out January well, I mean, 29th. It, it's easy because half of them are coming out on tw- uh, February yeah. 22nd. So. Yeah, you're right. So oh, it's on January 25th. Oh, I'm gonna give that, I'm gonna give that game uh, for my for my brother for his uh, birthday. So maybe you listen to this cast every once in a while, Wesley. You'll get a, you'll uh, you know get your gift spoiled. Yeah, but. that's Haley was like that. She's like, oh, it's coming out on my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm probably gonna get that for my brother, honestly, because like I mean I'm gonna get it too, but I'm ready for that game. Um, like what was we had a couple other there was another Japanese game that came out. Oh, uh, we got Neo Two coming out. Oh yeah, yeah Neo Two. Too. I, I mean, know, I'm not really excited was, about it. Who's though. the other one? No, no, I'm thinking of Shadows that Die Twice again. That's right. Yeah, no, we're going to get to Shadows <laughs> Die Twice. Keep it easy. Well, Please. I mean, Bye. so yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, I mean, to me, looked like a um, kind of like Assassin's Creed meets Neo almost. Uh, yeah. But more slower paced, for sure. A, a little bit more slower paced, yeah. But the um, the director was like, oh, no, this isn't like Assassin's Creed. And I'm like, you, you literally had climbing. Yeah, You yeah, had yeah. an assassination attack. You, like I mean, like a drop down assassination, uh, just like you so do, and, the, and they glowed whenever you were. The, yeah, it was yeah. Like, like the way that I looked at it, it was like I haven't played Assassin's Creed really since Black Flag. Uh-huh. What I mean by play is like actually like get past like the first couple hours of the game. Uh, Syndicate, I didn't really play too much. I didn't play too much of Unity. I, I have been playing a lot of Origins recently though, mm-hmm. and Origins I will say does capture the old 
Assassin's Creed where it's like all about the climbing. Origins but, is amazing. Yeah, but the RPG, uh, RPG damn, I'm like, no, that's not what it's called. RPG elements and the combat is what I think really, really stands out for that game. Mm-hmm. So the game is, like, if you really think about it, the combat is slower paced because of that. Yeah. So leveling up really does actually matter in this game. And, like, honestly, leveling up didn't really matter. It didn't have levels until, like, what, like, like Unity, I think? Le- um, they didn't have levels for Assassin's Creed until, like, Unity, I, I think. Well, y- Unity... Yeah, I guess they did have levels, but like, I don't think it was really done well till Origins, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, so Origins was like, hey, your level actually matters. If you're fighting someone who's 10 levels above you, they're going to yeah, kill you, like, no exactly. problem. So, I feel like this is like, you know, when I looked at um, Ghost of Sh- uh, Shimura, like, that was, I was like, oh, this kind of looks like Origins, and like, I like Origins, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like one of the Assassin's Creed games that I frequently play a lot, so... Um, and it's Team Ninja. You really yeah. can't go wrong yeah, there. Yeah, Team Ninja's great. If I you believe guys it's never Team played Ninja. A Team Ninja. I think it is, yeah. But if you haven't played that, then... Def- or if you haven't played a Team Ninja game, definitely go play one, like, right now. Like, stop listening to this cast. Go play Go play a fucking Team Ninja game, because they're great. So, we've moved on from that. We're on to Neo. Neo, I'm, I'm, I think we all can agree that, you know, it's Neo is cool, but we're ready for Shadows of uh, Die Twice. But, um... The big thing that a lot of people are excited about, and I know quite a few people who will probably be buying PS4s just for it, is Spider-Man. Spider-Man coming out, it's going to take place eight years after he gets his powers, and it's going to basically have a lot of the same or similar mechanics. Oh, I'm like sorry, it's Arkham Sucker Punch. Not, yeah, not, Sucker Punch not is not who does Ninja. that one. Uh, Sucker Punch who's doing Ghost of Tsushima, and then it's uh, the people who make Ratchet. From Software. No, oh, no, wait, Ratchet and Clank are the ones doing Spider-Man. Ratchet and Clank people. Insomniac. Yeah, Insomniac, yeah. So, Spider-Man um, is is looking really cool, too. I personally, uh, I was never really a huge Spider-Man fan, but I'm excited oh, to see what they have going on. Alright. Let's talk about Spider-Man real quick. Is I can say with kind of shame, you know, a little bit, that I've probably played every single Spider-Man game <laughs> that's ever come out. I don't know why. All Not the- every single one, but I guess, like... All the Activision Since, games? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, all the Activision games I played, like 1 through 3. I played Ultimate Spider-Man. I played... There was another Spider-Man game that I'm forgetting about, but I know I played it. There's a bunch of them that I played, and I'm like, oh, it's all right. So, But I saw the trailer for the newest one, and I was like, huh, looks pretty good. And like, I actually really did like Spider-Man Homecoming. I really did like the movies, the movie that just came out. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually, I'm actually excited for that, and... I kind of just realized earlier during this E3, and I was like, man, all these great games, like, I can play all of them, because I have every major console. Right. I have an Xbox One, a PS4, and a Switch, so I didn't realize that I did that, but I, I have them, so I'm going to play them all. I play all the games that I can, honestly, but um, I guess the two most of the things that I'm excited for is, I'm excited for Ghost of uh, Ishimura or whatever as, as well, but I'm... Sushima. Sushimura? Sushima. Sushima. Tsushima. I'm excited for Ghost. I'm Asian. I should know how to do this. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm excited the for white Ghost. Boy <laughs> correct you on your. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for Ghost of Tsushima, but I'm also really excited for Spider-Man and Death Stranding. Because now let's move on to Death Stranding All here. Right, let's do it. I want to hear your. I want to hear your Fuck. theory, Bobby. Okay, so Death Stranding, right? This is Hideo Kojima's, uh, you know, huge game that's coming out after Hideo Kojima. Yeah, this is a huge game that is coming out. After um, the original Silent Hills was canceled by Konami, after he had this huge falling out with Silent Hills, uh, they actually 
I think it's floating on Facebook right now, but like for, for Metal Gear Solid Five, actually, they released the episode 51 mm-hmm. ending cutscene. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really big deal. So if you haven't seen it on Facebook, it's floating around there. You can find it. But after this huge falling out with Konami and Silent Hills getting canceled, which was called PT originally. Right. It's a playable trailer for Silent Hills. Uh, he kept Norman Reedus and... Um, Mad oh. Mickelson. Uh, right? Matt. Mad Mickelson? Yeah, yeah. Mad Mickelson. Yeah, Mad Mickelson, uh, Norman Reedus, and who's the director? The oh, horror director. Uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, Guillermo del, uh, del Toro. So he kept all those guys, and he made his own thing called Death Stranding, which is like, if you watch the trailers, it's not going to make any sense, right? So, But if you start putting them all together. you start putting them all together, which I kind of did, I kind of went back and watched all the trailers. I think I know what's going on. You guys want to hear my theory? Sure, make it quick. Okay, so if you watch the trailers... They say things like, whatever like the monsters are in the game, they speed up time, right? Yeah. Everybody's carrying a baby around, and you plug yourself into the baby. Mm-hmm. That baby is a clone of you. Mm-hmm. And if you get killed by these monsters that speed up time, your baby basically accelerates and like becomes like you again. So it's like, if you carry around a baby, it's like an extra life. And I honestly, Hideo Kojima would do some crazy shit like that. That sounds awesome. And I was that like, sounds about right. Yeah, so I'm super ready for that. I'm That's like my most anticipated game for... PlayStation right there, like, hands down. Same over here, too. Same over here. You want to move on to Ubisoft? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and move on to uh, our next one being uh, actually the PC Gaming Show. I didn't watch this one. Um, PC Gaming Show, nothing too, too exciting. Um, It's it's really more so, uh, you know, we're we're not even going to talk about it, I don't even want to go through this shit. I mean, I'll be honest, like... The biggest problem with the PC gaming show is, like, it has no real good direction and no one really leading it. Like, Valve really should come out and take charge, but they don't. So, I mean, they they do it, but it's, eh, every year. So It would make it easier and it would allow for any developers to actually go to the show. Right, right. And actually enjoy it if they represented them and acted as a publisher as they actually are, whether they want to say that they are or not. Yeah. But um, let's let's move on to the next one, Ubisoft. Ubisoft was, um, they were releasing a lot of good stuff too. Beyond Good and Evil 2, Skull and Bones. We had Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the weird uh, 300, you know, Spartans Yeah, game. well, yeah, and I, I think it's um, worth noting that this actually takes place only a few years after the first use of the uh, Hidden Blade. So I either you're going to get it towards the end of the game or you won't have it at all. So like I it's going to be really interesting playing an Assassin's Creed game where you don't have a hidden blade. Yeah. So I I don't know, it looks cool. I, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, they, I wasn't it it was Sony who also revealed um Beyond Two Souls. Not Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Good and Evil? Uh, Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil. That was Ubisoft, not Sony. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Ubisoft. But, like, that came out, like, was that before or, like, during... I don't know, but like that was, it was so at Ubisoft. It was at the Ubisoft. So you're on the right. Uh, you're on the right uh, panel right now. You're so. on the right one. You're just on the wrong. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> no. So when I saw the trailer for that, I was really impressed, but I was also kind of confused. Well, I mean, how do you feel about Jade actually being evil? I mean, because this is a prequel to the original Beyond Good and Evil. No, like, and I figured that. I, fi- I figured that it was gonna it was gonna be like that. So because I mean, uh, wait, I'm not gonna spoil that. If you guys haven't played the original Beyond. Uh, good and evil, go go play it. But it makes sense if you play the first game, uh-huh. and you kind of see like what they're doing and what they're having to do. It kind of makes sense that they would make a prequel for this one. Um, so I don't know. 
But um, there was there was nothing that came out. What the? Was it um? Well, there was, was Ubisoft. Sorry, I'm thinking some, I'm, we're getting out of track. But like, I'm excited for the Beyond Good and Evil too. No. But I'm not as excited for like other games just because it was kind of out of the blue. You know, like I wasn't really expecting it. Like I, for me personally, well, I wasn't expecting it. Plus I mean, there's up. one other thing that's coming out as well, um, or I guess you can consider it coming out. But it's the team up between uh, Ubisoft and uh, and uh, Nintendo. Nintendo. And what they're doing is actually uh, doing the Donkey Kong uh, Adventure expansion to Mario Rabbids. I well, believe. yeah, they're doing that as well. There as well as that Star game that will be mm. that has Star Fox. That in has it. Star Fox in it. Yeah, you know, Ubisoft and and uh, Nintendo have really been getting cozy with each other recently. So I mean, it's cool. It's great and all. We'll, well see kind of how I, it all goes. Can I, I talk I, about Skull and Bones real quick? Yeah, go for it. I that was probably the only one that I was actually excited about. Well, the movie. yeah. See, I, I think Skull and Bones is kind of going to do what, um, what, uh, what was the one Microsoft just released? Uh, just oh, you're talking about Sea of Thieves. Yeah, see, yeah. like I, Sea of Thieves looks cool, but I honestly could care less about how like cartoony it is. Like, I want a real motherfucking pirate game where like. You're yeah. out there getting shit done and stealing loot, teaming up with people, and then, yeah. oh, fuck, they turned on me. I'm going to, you know, blow them out of the water. And it seems like they're actually going forward with the every ship kind of has its own ability and stuff like that. So you're really going to get down in, yeah. to the nitty-gritty of customizing your ship. They, they did the, the thing where they actually camouflaged themselves as, like, allies, and then all of a sudden, when they got out of range put up the black flags and then uh, they they speed up around and you know attack the thing so it's like in that you know especially considering black flag is what brought people back into assassin's creed i think this is a really really good move from ubisoft to make a game like that and a lot of people were like oh i don't want to only place a ship well it's like you know they're 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 gonna do more than that you just yeah. gotta put a little bit of faith in them and th- that's what they actually finally showed off was like the pirate's haven where you actually get to go around, you know, hire new people, buy new parts for your ship, customize your ship, and then actually go out and do shit, you know? Yeah, and I'm, I, I think I'm really excited for it, too. It's just going to be a matter of seeing exactly what other mechanics they add in there before release. Yeah. Um, besides that, though, are we ready to move on to the next one, Bethesda? Yeah, Bethesda. Bethesda. Now, Bethesda did wonderfully. Actually, uh, I want to say one quick thing. I think we might be skipping over Square Enix. Oh, well... Uh, um, in our list here, <laughs> Squ- Square Enix isn't listed in our list here, but I do want to say I am excited for one thing, um, Kingdom Hearts and also um, the other the, one... The Quiet uh, Man? or The Quiet Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That looks badass as fuck. It almost reminds me of Wonder Boy is what I was talking to Scott about the other day where it's like, you know, did you ever see Wonder Boy on Netflix? Yeah. Where I think we watched it together. Yeah, we did. You know, it's it's basically kind of the take on what happens if you became a vigilante and didn't have money or powers? Like, what, yeah. what would happen with that? But this one is basically what happens if you didn't have money or powers and then you were also fucking deaf? Yeah. So I, I really am. A, I'm super excited about it. Uh, that one's the only one that I saw. I just want to make sure that we didn't leave one out, but and I, I don't want to bitch about any any one of the conferences. You got to take it for face value. Who knows what the games are actually going to be like whenever they actually come right, out? But right, man, I'm sorry. Square Enix was was kind of sad, and although that they are a publisher and they share their uh, their uh, IPs or whatever with every other console manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, they publish and develop. So, and it was just sad because they kind of 
all their stuff was announced at every other conference. So by the time he got to theirs, it was just like, well, we've already, with the exception of uh, Kingdom Hearts showing like its 15th trailer there, 15th version of their trailer there, you know, it it was just kind of a, and eh, we didn't really need this. If you're going to do this, have something to show us, you know. Yeah, yeah like that's one thing I, I wanted to mention too about Square Enix was, um, honestly, they're, I think they did, like, they did put too much of their weight into the Kingdom Hearts. Like, well, like, and yeah, and it was and like, we barely, we barely got anything from Octopath Traveler, and it wasn't yeah. until Nintendo's that we actually got the, like, what we yeah, wanted from it exactly. for Octopath Traveler. So, so it was just like, yeah, what you what's, what's your ultimate goal so, here, Square? The one thing that kind of worries me as well is, like, the, the, what was it, the remake for Final Fantasy VII? Uh, yeah, it didn't. Crea- it didn't show it up. It didn't show up, and the creator said he's putting. Well, either Square Enix is putting equal amounts of equal amounts of time into both Kingdom Hearts three and the Final Fantasy VII remake. And I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, like, when's Final Fantasy VII coming out? And well, when, I, you, when I, know when Kingdom Hearts is supposed to come I out? I think that people need to realize. Um, Originally, CyberConnect 2 was working on the remake of Final Fantasy 7, okay, yeah. which, if you don't know, they make the Dot .hack series. And then they kind of got fired maybe about a year ago, and it went back to internal development. So it's maybe only one year really into development for that game. So, like, it's nowhere even near finished, especially with Square Enix's track record of these games on the newer consoles you know right freaking you know final fantasy 15 taking 10 10 almost 10 years god kingdom damn. hearts 3 it, it, it's up there around like six I, or seven years i think it's so. actually close to 10 years okay so so we're talking about two console generations before kingdom hearts 2 is the last full kingdom hearts game to come out well i mean they've had all these spin-offs but like since they announced bro it three, doesn't matter dude you know the spin-offs don't count it's not it's not the well, same but thing. all the spin-offs actually propelled the story forward like I, if, if you haven't played dream drop distance then you're not going to understand where yeah, we are exactly. in three it's it's oh my just you can't it's one of those games where it's like the story is is as crazy as like metal Gear solid or metal Gear solid series like you're not gonna if you just jump in you're not gonna get it I think Kingdom Hearts 3, like, they might try to do that. Like, they kind of did it with Final Fantasy 15, where you don't really have to know anything about the series. They tried to do that with 2, but then it's like, there's this organ... They literally erase Sora's memories of yeah. of the middle game, of yeah. uh, Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories, yeah. So that, uh, so that you don't have, have to have played that game, but then it's like, you don't understand what this organization yeah. is. Un- you, don't, you don't know what's going on, so, like, I kind of... That's the thing too, and that's one of the reasons why it's taking so long. Not only because Disney acquired a bunch of like rights over the past like thirteen years, but it's also because, I mean, to make it to where like they wanted to appeal. Because I think mainly people who were buying Kingdom Hearts Three are like the fans, really. Right. I think people who were new to the game are. Yeah, th- this isn't going to be uh, a quote Kingdom Hearts for the fans and newcomers. This yeah. is going to be one for the fans. Yeah. So, and I, I think I think I think like Square Enix might try to push something a little bit where it's like. Hey, like there, there's a backstory. Like you probably read the backstory in the game. Probably. Well, and see, that's why they announced the um, the PS special edition PS4, which comes with every single game, so you can play. You're not gonna play Kingdom Hearts one through one in like all uh, of the games uh, before three. Like I would say, at it. least play. I wouldn't do it. I would play one, two, and Dream Drop Distance. Yeah. 
Uh, Wait, when you say every game, is like every game? Well, it yeah. has... So you remember how they did the 1.5 HD collection, yeah. 1.2 HD collection, and 1.8? Yeah, and they have like 2.5 final mix. Or I'm sorry, 2.8, not 1.8. Yeah. 2.8, yeah. So it's going to have every single game in it for the PS4. God, that's... No. I'd see... Like, that's, that's, a, that's like easily... Well, but that's see, easily over like 100 hours. Like yeah. if you want to get like... like Not necessarily well, but, play through the but games. But see, I, I think it's... um. The Roxas game, 358 over two days. Yeah. That one is just a video that you watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the um, the one that's a prequel to everything, uh, it, it was the mobile game. Like, it was Cross or whatever. It was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was like something, oh, man, what was it called? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's an, the other movie on the two. Yeah. Right? I think so. See, that's what I'm talking about. The story is so, so jumbled up. Oh, wait. Like, no, no, no. One of, one of them has 358. One of them has uh, whatever the mobile one was. And then the and then the 2.5 has the uh, has the has the other mobile one. Because there was two mobile games. Um, but it, one of them was called Coded. And then the other one was like whatever the current mobile game is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on to is Bethesda next? Yeah, Bethesda is our next one here. Uh, Bethesda, we had a pretty interesting release. Uh, we had Doom Eternal, which uh, dude, I am fucking psyched for Doom Eternal. I know Bobby didn't like Doom the original one, hey. but that game is so fucking good. Hey. I, just, I, I, I it's not that I didn't like it; it's just that I beat it entirely too quickly. That game is... Ugh, it was a good God game. God damn. Like, game. It, it, I just put it on like the, the week that it came out, and there was a couple bugs that I ran into that were like, wow, this kind of sucks. I got stuck in floors. But or, see, like they like that. they but kept like, they kept up with it, and they fixed all that shit. Yeah, so yeah, by no, the time no. I played it, I'm just like, fuck yeah. yeah. Like, this so, music is great. I'm fucking no, the destroying fantastic. demons yeah. left and right, doing glory kills, pulling out a chainsaw, and just chopping yeah, yeah. through it fucking was, dude. Like, it was a really, really fun experience, but like, only that I didn't take... The only thing that I didn't really like about it that much was how quickly I beat the game. Because I beat it on the second hardest difficulty in like six or seven hours. Okay, do it on the hardest difficulty then. The one where when you, you die, die, you have to start all the way over. No, because I try to get that achievement for like if you beat the first level. Yeah, beat level, the fucking first, first level. First level. If you beat the first level on the hardest difficulty, you get an achievement. But like not the entire game because the devs weren't even able to get past the first level. So that's how that's how fucking experience. hard that. So I tried it and I of course it failed because I don't have the achievement yet. So I made it through the first area. <laughs> I never played Doom. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I can I guess I can appreciate where they're coming from there. Uh, besides that, we also had Wolfenstein Youngblood. So I'm guessing that is a kind of step sequel to Wolfenstein too. Yeah. So it's gonna be kind of like. Um, uh, like the Yeti or the Blood Dragon, where it's like a standalone DLC uh, for yeah. uh, Wolfenstein 2. But it, okay. it takes place chronologically after Wolfenstein 2. It's the daughter of uh, BJ Blastowitz and... Shit, I can't remember her name. Uh, the main female protagonist of... Uh, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 2. Wolfenstein 2, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. I haven't played it, but, you know, I'd be interested to see what's going on. You also have Rage 2, which, which Rage I'm 2 so is excited. interesting. I'm so excited because the developers of that game are right. the ones who actually developed... Mad uh, Max. Yeah, Mad yeah, Max. Yeah, first Mad Max. Which I, I'm sure you guys remember. I told you guys, like, I fucking love this Mad Max yep. game. Yep. And so, yeah, I'm just... I never played Rage 1, but I'm, I'm going... 
I'm going to get Rage 2 when it comes out. And they are saying that you don't have to play Rage 1 in order to play Rage 2 because Rage 1 was disappointing. So hopefully with these developers on the team, it'll definitely increase the well, playability and, and it, of it. Just like watching it, I'm like, oh my god, the fucking car combat is back from Mad Max. Because that was like the... That's what made Mad Max so cool was like, you literally just smash into cars and it goes into that slow motion glory <laughs> kill. You're like seeing explosions and the particle effects from everything like oh, yeah. coming off. And it's like, you pull out your shotgun, you just shoot like the... Um, the gas can on like a little buggy that has like a whole bunch of spikes on it it just blows up in this magnificent way and (laughs) they just did such a good attention to detail that when you actually go so when you play that game you when you play it and then you go watch the most recent mad max game you're like holy shit they just took they took the all the concepts of this world and put it into a game in like the most perfect way yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, I mean they're they're a fantastic developer. I'm really looking forward to Rage. I actually haven't played the first Rage at all. I, I mean, I yeah, yeah, not a lot of people played it. They say that you shouldn't play it because it was it was pretty bad whenever it did come out. The first one was at least. Yeah, I believe it was it a different developer. Does yeah, it was know? a different developer and okay. everything. So, um, I mean, but like I said, they asked the developers in a one-on-one interview post the conference. You know, hey. Uh, do we have to play Rage 1 to play Rage 2? And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we've, we made sure that we'll include all the story in Rage 2 if you just Very want to hop nice. in Rage 2. So. Perfect. Um, next thing I'm going to bring up. All right. What do you guys think of uh, Elder Scrolls Blades? Technology, concept, I, everything. I think that it is a perfect idea um, just because, like, to I mean, a lot of people don't realize. This is another technology, like, programming thing people don't realize is, like, to be able to play, like, portrait handheld like the way you do it like up and down that is a feat in its own to get it to work like that that's a ui ux uh yeah yeah for sure and and so i'm just looking forward to it because like i'll be honest every lunch i literally take an hour i sit there and i play hearthstone but if i could every now and then just get a little bit of elder Scrolls, because elder Scrolls is honestly like one of my favorite game series like yeah like ever since (laughs) ever since oblivion i spent probably fucking like 400 hours in skyrim like god i I love the elder scroll games and that between that and fallout i always go elder scrolls man so i'm really looking forward to it even though it it is kind of airing on that side of like all right so here's kind of where we're seeing what the uh what the microtransactions are with like building your town and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like as long as I can get like at least I would say like being able to move around and attack shit like I normally do, that's all I'm really looking forward to, to be honest. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um I personally feel that it's a little gimmicky because of the controls. Yeah. Um but what I can appreciate well, and is a cross-platform. Right, and so completely it, cross-platform. And they're saying it's going to come out on PC, so it's like well, so I'm going to be able to play at work and then continue my progress on my PC when I get at home. So That's what gamers want nowadays is continuity between systems, between everything. I mean, that's literally what caused the outrage of the Fortnite, Switch, and PlayStation fiasco. Right. Which, you know, it's cool. <coughs> it's great and all. But moving forward, Starfield. Yeah, I'm excited for Starfield. But we don't know what it is. I know. We don't I know mean, what it I'm, is, I'm but looking forward to it too. I just, I don't, yeah. And who knows what it's going to be? As long as it's not a damn card game, dude. I just. Oh I'm no, no, no. It, it, I, I heard an interview with Tom Howard. Uh, you know the like guy the head who, of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and 
it sounds like he's had this idea for a long time, and he's really, really excited to actually get it out there. See, I'm a sci-fi fan. I like futuristic, and I like sci-fi, so if I can get a sci-fi game where I get to fly around and also explore on foot, I'm going to be a happy camper. But next one, and uh, I've got two more. Elder Scrolls 6, it was basically like Motherfucking Elder Scrolls 6, get fucking hyped! (laughs) I don't know, the trailer was just like, you know, a mountain... (laughs) <laughs> Who gives a shit? The fact me. that they're working on that game yeah, just excites actually, me because, especially so, when we heard about Fallout seventy six, like trash. I was <laughs> no, Dude, no, we're no, gonna no, get no, to that no. in a second. No, no. no. Oh, when when I heard about that, I'm like, oh, shit, man. This was supposed to be a Elder Scrolls announcement, not another fucking Fallout announcement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they they, I, I don't give a shit that it's just a fucking mountain. Yeah, a mountain like. I do. Fuck Tom Howard, this this was his baby. Like he he basically released uh, what was it, Morrowind, which became what we know now of that genre of games. So like he started the right. uh, first person RPG game. Yeah. Like so that. like, I, I, oh, man, I'm just so fucking excited. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited for Fall. I'm excited for Fall. I'm excited for Elder Scrolls Six as well. I'm just. It, I, I'm wondering what region is going to take place in again, because if it's Skyrim all over again, I'm like, eh. I, it's not going to be Skyrim. Right, and right, I think the the whole point of that like gimmicky like now you can play Skyrim on your Alexa and now you can play Skyrim on your pager. Right. The point of that was they're getting away from Skyrim. All right, so. good, good. They're done doing that. But my thing now, I'm excited for Fallout 76. I wasn't at first, but I'm excited because. It was it was announced, uh, you know, uh, about a week before E3 uh-huh. started, which was cool, great, and all. But it looked like Fallout Four with maybe some upgrades. It was going to be like what Vegas was to uh, Fallout Four, and uh, yeah. Um, my my problem was was that I didn't see anything new. It was probably uh-huh. going to be some more advanced base building, some fixed mechanics, whatever. But whenever they said multiplayer, uh-huh. my heart dropped. Yeah, it dropped. I was scared. An MMO like that? Fuck that shit. Right. But then they actually announced what it was actually going to yeah, be like. Yeah, the first thing they said is, you can play this game solo. Uh, well, and it wasn't even about the solo. It was about the mechanics. Okay, so I'm a fan of Far Cry 5. A lot of people didn't like Far Cry 5 all that much. But one thing that Far Cry 5 and Ubisoft did right was the uh, multiplayer mechanics on there. Right. You have your arcade mode, which is whatever, blah, 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 blah. But the campaign mode was perfect. Where you can jump into somebody's game whenever you want, Mm -hmm. and you continue on their progress. Right. And then whenever you go back to your progress, it's not like you were just playing just to help your friend out. You bring back all the loot that you grabbed, any upgrades, all that other stuff. You can work towards yourself without continuing on your progress. And that's what I think is going to happen with Vault. Well, yeah, and I mean, yeah, even to go into more details, I heard some of the devs talking about it. It's like literally you can, like, build your own camps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when you go in, it just does, like, a a cross map, and it says, okay, uh, you know, what camps have you been built? Okay, and now they're all here. Like, And if there are two conflicting ones, you just get it packed up into your thing, like, into your inventory, and you can just rebuild it. In the cross area. So if there is the uh, cross or like what is incompatibility. Yeah. It just. Somebody else is already camping there. Right. It just gets put back. But then when you go back to your game, yours is back. You're so, completely fine. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. You know, I think that they, I, I trust them. I trust yeah. them. And also the whole idea of going after uh, like codes sounds yeah. like raids to me. And yeah. I think raids can be fun. 
I do think that they can be fun. I used to play Destiny. I found Destiny to be pretty good. Um, I, I did used to really love Destiny, and I liked a lot of the concepts that it did. So it can bring back if it can bring back the same fire size or fire team size mm-hmm. and some of those mechanics into Fallout, uh-huh. I'd be fine with that. And a lot of people are like, "Well, how are they going to do Vats?" Well, look, they've been moving away from the well, old Vat systems since yeah. Fallout or yeah, Fallout Three. Yeah, I mean, you have to keep in mind this is Battlecry Studio who's been working on it, and like <clears throat> I, uh, one way to think of this is that Fallout Four is very much like. The hero character walks into this area, and right. and that's that's what's rendered, right? So they literally had to strip down the code to get it to the point where multiple people can be in the same area with it, or like in the same world, rendering correctly because it was not programmed to be a multiplayer. It was programmed for literally the hero character walking and blinking stuff into existence. So. Right. This has literally been built back up, or built from the ground, well, partially built from the ground up to work this way, and it's only going to be dozens of people, not hundreds, Yeah, it's dozens of people. and that's what people were scared about. And really, I, 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 I said vault system, it's the VATS that I'm talking about. Right, you're right, People, yeah. People are afraid about VATS slowing down time, because well, you can't and, slow down time whenever there's multiple people. In well, the right, map. but like, it's <laughs> Battleground Studio, which made a pretty competent shooter game so we're going to get slight improvements to the shooting mechanics right and i i honestly think it's going to be great i i'm excited for it i think it'll be a lot of fun and um you know i i like fallout but it feels lonely a lot of times and i'll be happy to have a friend to play with right and i i think that's ultimately what they're getting at because you can make like four four people teams basically and you know all get in your power suits and go and f people up and stuff Mm -hmm. like that yeah or, you know, it seems like they're really trying to err on the side of, like, hey, why don't you make friends while you're here? You know, they have the whole emote system and stuff right, like that. Right, right. They're including social elements along with it as well, which I think is absolutely perfect. But, oh, jeez. Um, I, I, I thought Bethesda had a really good conference. I think theirs was one of the strongest by far. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think it was top tier. I mean, yeah, just, I mean... Bethesda, Bethesda knows single player, and like, I mean, you guys haven't played Prey yet, but it was just cool getting to see some pr- free pl- uh, Prey updates and stuff like that, that, ah. you know, I, I just got it on PC, and it's like, oh, now I have more game to my game before I even play it, so. Well, moving on, um, I, I'm the Sony man of the group, or <clears throat> one of the Sony guys of the group. I know you, you have both consoles, Scott. You're not a pure Sony guy. I definitely... Love Sony, everything's great about it, blah, 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 blah. But we're moving on to the uh, one of uh, the other extremely exciting, and, and to me, I'm not much of a fan of it, but Microsoft's conference is really good. So, and um, I want to go ahead and let uh, Bre- or I'm, I want to go ahead and let Bobby uh, kind of announce this one with him being the, uh, our, our star. All right. I, I guess I, at least one thing I want to say is like, I one of the things I liked about Microsoft that I felt Sony kind of lacked in was Microsoft really brought the announcements they had yeah so many more exciting announcements where sony was just like here's four games yeah and yeah. so that that's what kind of left me yeah. a little butthurt from sony See, well let's let's let bobby but but yeah bobby take it away all right so take it away, bobby. to, to, to kind of you know branch off a uh, branch off a sky a little bit right so the games that we had were just cause 4 kingdom Hearts 3 
Gears of War. We had a new Halo come out with Cyberpunk 2077, which mm-hmm. is huge. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And uh, Fallout 76 also showed off on there. There was Jump Force, which is an anime game. And then they had Dying Light 2. And they had Sekiro. That's Sekiro. The, uh, that's, that's the that's, from software. Sekiro that's Shadow's Die. Yeah, that's yeah. The software one. Uh, Devil Kai 5, which is another huge game. Like, and like... Another um, DLC for Cuphead. I think they're adding a female character. There's new bounces yes, in the Yes, they're adding a female character. There is Floors of Horizon 4. 4, yes. And The Division 2. And, of course, there's Gears of <laughs> War 5. And, and Gears of War... Uh, what, what's the little, little big-ass oh, yeah. square-head um, character? Pops? Yeah, Gears, Gears of, War, of War Pops. Pops, pretty much. So, what I feel like... The reason, the reason well, and a, and a Gears of War strategy game like um, as as a guy whose girlfriend worked at Hot Topic for a while and hearing about the love of pops, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm fucking dumb. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's whatever. It was but the Halo Wars. Yeah, they're making no, no. It's like uh, uh, XCOM. XCOM. Yeah. They're making like an XCOM type Gears right. of War game the, that looks fucking awesome. The the the, the strategy uh, combat game. Right. So all the stuff that's going on right now. Um, uh, and like I, that's why I was super excited to see Microsoft pop up because they, they literally announced like all these games that like I was like wait this is coming out oh I'm so excited for this I had all this this crazy stuff come out Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out I know CD Projekt Red is super far away from actually completing it uh-huh. but and they actually showed that on stage if you, there's like a secret yeah there's a secret thing that basically said it's going to be done when it's done yeah so and I'm I'm it was. Yeah, yeah yeah so like at the very end basically the stage got quote hacked yeah. by the by people. I Whatever, didn't see that part. and well, no, because they went into a terminal, and in the terminal they did an L or I don't know, they did something, and like a whole bunch of shit, like popped up. Yeah, popped up, and in there, if you slow it down, it says like you know it's going to be done message. when it's ready. Yeah, the and then message. at the very end, or at the very end, they do like uh, you know like CD into trailer or whatever, and play the actual yeah. trailer that way. So, so cool. I'm excited for that because CD Projekt Red. Actually, real quick. Scott, you like okay, so you like Elder Scrolls. You yeah, like Witcher Three. You like the Witcher series? Yeah, I like the Witcher series. Okay. He was the one who gave me Witcher Three, and I, I played it okay. for a little bit, but it was almost too complicated for yeah. me. Yeah, dude, that game is fucking amazing. So imagine that, but you know, futuristic, but better. We'll see. And like another thing that they've said um, about that is it's going to be first person. Well, yeah, it, it's first person. Uh, you'll be able to drive in third person, so you don't yeah. need to worry about that. You'll be able to see your character in cutscenes. Uh, you can do male or female versions. Yeah. Um, and there are like three classes, but instead of thinking it like you choose one class and you go down that, you can just move from class to class at any time. So, um, one of the classes is just gunner, so they're like proficient at just shooting yeah. shit. One class is, uh, like, straight hackers so like they hack into buildings and stuff like that and then there's kind of like this cross class between the two where you can like like uh, like go into actual enemies and hack them and right. they're like body hackers almost like that yeah technomancers yeah. almost so I'm excited for that because CD Projekt Red has never really let me down I'm like they're really really adamant about hey uh, we want to hear your feedback but we want to make this game possible. Like the, they're not—they're not about like releasing a broken game. They're mm-hmm. not about like day one patches. They're about right. like—I mean, they—I mean, they—they they are no, like. Well, they're—they're like, they're about taking a single-player game, releasing it, and then once the fans say, "Hey, we didn't like this," they're like, "Okay, here's a free update that fixes update, all this shit." And all the DLC is going to be free. And then yeah, all the DLC all the, is all free. The, and if you all the DLC, it's just like if you haven't played the Witcher Three DLC, I mean, it is amazing. It's fucking great. I'm on the the. Um, 
blood and wine one right now. Yeah. Because I've already beat Hearts of Stone, which is still really, really good. I really uh-huh. like that one. It was, it was great. But I'm playing uh, blood and wine right now, and it's, it's fucking fantastic. So, yeah. Keep Holy in shit. mind, this game didn't go into full production until Blood and Wine was released. Yeah, they, so. as soon as if they didn't start, they don't split their workload among, like, all right, have these developers go continue working. They, they, they developed their whole costume, which is really great. Um, Gears of War is another game that I've always been a huge fan of. Um, <laughs> I was, I don't know, Gears of War 3, I, I sad to say, like... Three or four? Like three. Like okay. three like three is like when I really started getting into it on the Xbox 360. And it's just kind of embarrassing to say, but um, there was a glitch that happened where everyone's stats got reset on Gears of War 3. Yeah. And then, like, so I got to play it from, like, my skill, like, level after it got reset. And I had a fucking 8.6 KD ratio. Yeah. Like, I was fucking, <laughs> I was a fucking monster. Like, I was, like, never lose the game. Like, I was, I would just clutch all the time like no joke I think you can go look up my stats so I was a fucking monster like I would destroy people in that game like mm-hmm. 25 kills one death tile, tile, tile games like for Gears of War 3 and I was one of the people who kept playing it after, like years after the game came out and another Gears of War game didn't come out until you know Xbox One with Gears of War right. 4 right. that one I didn't get too much into honestly because uh, school is more important to me so but they hear about there's a new Gears of War like coming out and people are actually pissed about this because like the main character of the game now is actually uh is it Kate, the girl? Yeah, yeah, it's the girl. It's I know the who girl. you're talking I know it's about. The girl. People were mad because, like, oh, it's it's you know, a bunch of feminism stuff. It's like, dude, you're playing Gears of War. Yeah, I know. Why does that matter? I mean, it what, what made that character so cool is that she actually had the emblems from. She has a connection to to see the Locust Horn. Right, exactly. It's like, why so, the like, fuck the game wouldn't she has, be a game, main yeah, fucking character? Yeah, the game character. has to be about her. Like, I don't see what everyone's complaining about. Everyone's like, because Gears of War Four brought in the like the whole notion idea, like, hey. Marcus Phoenix had a family, right. successful for a little bit. There's still, like, you know, dangers of the world, but he finally got to have a family, finally got to settle down right. for at least a little bit. He had a son, J.D. Phoenix, and was, at least you're playing as a son. And now it's like everyone's freaking out because, like, now you play as a girl instead. And I was like, dude, she's, like, the direct part of where the story goes. She's the direct right. tie to, like, the locust well, world. And, and, and it's, like, I don't know if people are pissed off about it. Like, it's going to go somewhere. Like, yeah. you want more story for Gears of War, that's how you do it. You yeah. fucking whiny babies. God... <laughs> But I'm really excited for Gears of War. Um, when they showed off, um, what was another game they showed off that was really, Halo? really good? Halo. Halo I, Infinite. I made a yeah, Inf- Halo Infinite. I made a joke about it. I was like, "This is Halo, isn't it?" And I was just joking because I was, I was watching it like at work, and then I looked at it. and I was like, "Wait, this actually might be Halo," because I I saw like how like I don't know. It's like something about the cinematography of the trailer was like, "This yeah. is fucking Halo, isn't it?" And then it showed the people dropping like you know the smoke mm-hmm. signal or whatever, and I was like, "Yeah, this is Halo." And then they. Just Max Sheep kind of like standing there with his helmet, and I was like, "This Halo." So I'm excited for that. I don't know how it's going to play as well, an open world game. I, I think it's interesting that the um, art direction actually went, in my opinion, closer to when Bungie had yeah. control over Halo versus like the last two games, kind of three four three and. Uh, well, like the last last two games were both three four three. Yeah, and. Those look kind of a little bit more gritty-ish, but this looks oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit more vibrant. Which and, and that and that's and I think that's what like when you think of Halo, like old fans of Halo, like I am, I played since the first game. I played like right. almost everyone except for Halo Wars, so like that. Um, I think like one of the best Halo games is ODST because that really captures. Oh it really no, it really captures ODST soundtrack. Yeah, even, it really man. captures like what Bungie like wanted to do with Halo, right. and that was just a spin-off. Well, that that actually had the first Easter egg for Destiny in it. Yeah. Fun fact. So, um, it, 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 there's a lot of content in that game, and it just showed what like what bunch like had the vision for. Like, hey, 
Sometimes the story's all could have done for Destiny. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know no, you're right. It's like it's 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 one of those stories where it's like this is like a story that's not about Chief. It's about someone else, about the rookie. Right. You know, right. and it was like, wow, this is really good. And then you play stuff like Reach, and I was like, this is still really good. And then it kind of ends there, and you play four, and it's like, this is weird. But yeah. I'm okay with it. And then five came out, and honestly, I felt I thought I was like, all right, I'm done playing Halo. And actually, I recently started playing Halo again. Because I was like, oh, I want to play. I, I like that's why I bought my Xbox to play online mostly. So started playing Halo again. I was like, oh, I, I miss playing Halo. Mm-hmm. I wanted a new one to come out, and then thankfully Infinite came out. But it's open world. I'm sure multiplayer is still going to be there because mm-hmm. with all the the um, with all the like you know um, pro gaming leagues that come, are coming out now, like Gears of War, Halo, they're all going to have to be part of it. Like right. Well, and see, I think it's also interesting because we had Doom Eternal, which both Doom Eternal and Halo Infinite have kind of this implied. Um, it, it, like it, it's more of a game as a service, yeah. But like for not sure. not necessarily in like a Destiny sense, but more in like you know this we is might a call to the fans like right. We're we're gonna keep updating this game and yeah. stuff like that. This isn't so, this isn't what you this isn't the games as you originally played it. This is gonna be more yeah a continuation of right. those like a really big extension. so like you know like who knows maybe this game is actually gonna have. This game might actually technically be Halo Six and Halo Seven, and maybe even Halo Eight. Yeah. Like it might add on oh, the, I mean, that many stories. It is to called it. Infinite, so maybe well, it could be a hundred. Oh no, right? I just <laughs> I mean, I just mean that like it sounds like we're maybe finally moving towards a thing of what I think Call of Duty has should have done is you know, or even like the Madden games is release one game and just have people pay for roster updates and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. So, Rather than having to make a new game every year, uh, make one game that people go to and just continuously update that. Yeah. So, like, I'm really excited for the... For Microsoft was like, that was honestly got me hyped. I actually didn't watch too much of Sony's because I was busy at work. And then I saw Nintendo's, like, just... I watch all the Nintendo's. Mm-hmm. But overall, E3 for me was super exciting. But Gears, Gears 5 is coming out, like, next year. Like, early next year, right? Like, I think it's like January. I want to say. Um, right now, oh, it doesn't. I don't have a. date Yeah, it doesn't here. have a date. I don't know, but like, also, one thing I was. I mean, it's, who shut off Anthem? Uh, it- Anthem is EA. We're gonna get to that in a second. Okay. Um, I, I personally don't want to get too much into EA, but we will touch on Anthem. Like at the for end. a little bit, but real quick before we move on, um, uh, we also need to talk about Shakiro, dude. Uh, Shadows die twice. That yeah, 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 yeah. Dude. Oh wait, yeah, Devil May Cry Five as well. So. Uh, shout out to all Devil May Cry fans out there. I was really excited to see that Dante's back. If you well, recognize see, the, the story of it, it goes 3 1, 4 2, and then it goes 5. And at the end of 2, Dante actually goes to hell. So the Devil May Cry 5 is no, going to no, uh, 4 is. Or no, it goes three, 2. It goes 3 1, 4 2. 3, three 1. No, it goes 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. 3 yeah, 1 yeah. 4 2. Sorry. I thought you said three one two four. No, three one four two. Okay, yeah. That's the order of the game that you should play them in. Don't ever play Devil May Cry two though. You're wasting your time. Yeah, two sucks. Fuck, fuck two. <laughs> but um, so this is, this one coming out. It actually continues from Nero Nero's standpoint. And if you watch the trailer, he loses his arm. And well, it, yeah. So I was trying to remember if he lost his arm at the end of no, no, four. he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He has it. He has so it. he he so he loses it in five. Like you see it in the trailer. Like some some someone just takes it from him. Like mm. this, you don't deserve this, pretty much. And he gets a mechanical arm. And he has Still to, though, the, yeah. The entire game is him trying to get it back. And I'm excited, but also kind of slightly disappointed because DMC reboot. People were complaining about a long time ago because it wasn't the original Dante or whatever. Like, oh, it's a, it's a reboot. 
Like, remember well, DMC? Well, yeah, so that was a Ninja Theory who yeah. made that game. So, but. but with that, honestly, man, like, that game was actually still really, really good. I actually really enjoyed playing that game. Yeah. For sure. And I wouldn't have mind seeing, like, another DMC reboot that continues that story. That story was, like, why Dante and Virgil are, are at odds with each other. Right. So, and this one with five, you know Virgil, wait, actually, I don't know if Virgil's going to well, be in it. He might be. No, I mean, I think they've kind of confirmed that officially that Virgil's dead and that Nero is his son. So I think it will be cool <laughs> hey, to kind of... Does anyone really die in Devil May Cry, though? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's not true. But when you die in an alternate universe uh, that's like inside of a demon, I think you're pretty much dead, dead. Hey, man. Are you really dead if you die inside <laughs> of a demon in Devil May Cry? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that will be cool. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. Shadows die twice. Shadows die twice, bro. What Neo should have been. Also, that game also has something to do with your arm as well. Yeah, Yeah, so yeah, essentially, um, yeah, you have like a left arm that's like more decayed, basically down to its bone. But ultimately, like that's what's keeping you alive, and you're able to use it as multiple different tools. So, like, kind of like throwing it uh, like a hook shot almost and slinging yourself around. Um, you're going to be able to turn it into like a, uh, what is that? Shield, oh, yeah, shield, but it's like an umbrella shield. Yeah. And yeah, so it looks like this is going to be a much more fluid, like, jump around uh, Souls game. But like, it was weird because when he died in the trailer, he got right back up as opposed to going back yeah. to a bonfire. So, so, I mean, what do you guys think? Is this going to kind of stray a little bit from there? Okay. It's going to be hard to see. So... When it comes to Souls games, everyone knows when you die, you lose all your shit right there where you died at. And in the case of Bloodborne, it was whatever monster last killed you. Right. If it wasn't a boss, they possess your souls. You would have to go back and kill that same monster that just right. killed you to get your souls back or whatever. In this game, I think it goes to where it's like, if you die, you get back up. Maybe there, maybe there is like a, maybe I, I want to, there, there could be two things. So it could be like, hey, you either get back up and forfeit your stuff right now mm-hmm. or maybe like you get back up and that enemy that just killed you is like stronger mm-hmm. and then if you die you lose it then or you can say hey you can accept your fate and, like die yeah then, so like, maybe normal souls, souls after that maybe sort of getting away from just you die and go back which I, Honestly, I'm hesitant to say babies out there like didn't like the game for no, you yeah, know yeah. I, I, I agree with that but also I will say one thing that I, I think people kind of overlook too. It's kind of weird for me to say because, like, I didn't really, I didn't really, honestly say this or like think of this until like Dark Souls Three was. Whenever you die in a Souls game, it actually fucking breaks the immersion of the game. Yeah, because you're super far into the game, and you're like, oh man, and like that's kind of the point though. You know, it's like you get far and like you die. Well, and see, like, well, shit, I just lost my side. It was that point. It is a good example of how you gamify death. Yeah, which a lot of games, you know. Death just means game over. Whereas this is like, no, death is not game over. Death is how you come back and you're going to fucking kill that dude who killed you just to prove you're stronger. And you, you as a player get good, get better, (laughs) progress. You learn. Right. You you learn from your failure, which a lot of games, like Super, Super Meat Boy is another good example of like, you're, it shows you like it's that yeah, it's that it's quick. Like, hey, you die! Try again. Hey, you die! Try again. Hey, you right. Die, try again. It's like constant. Whereas, like a lot of JRPGs are really bad about it because you go, you walk into the boss room, 
fucking boss kills you in two hits, and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, it's like you watch the entire cutscene over again, and yeah. like, you memorize it, and you get all pissed off. Fucking... So, dude, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you start saying... <laughs> 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 fucking Riku from uh, Kingdom Hearts 1? Yeah, God damn it. So, so I'm, inter- I'm interested to see how that game mechanic plays out, but I'm kind of curious to see, like... Cause I didn't, Dark Souls didn't because you would think dying just kills the immersion. Dark Souls did it in a way where it's like you're gonna, you you are going to die. Expect it. So it, right. it did less of the killing of the immersion for those game series, but at the same time, it kind of does, especially mm-hmm. in three because three had like, so, so, like these huge, expansive, beautiful worlds that you get to play. And so did, so did two kind of, and you you die. And you're like, all right, fuck, I have to go through that whole shit all over again. Yeah. God damn, I'm mad. Well, and and I'm not to say I'm not trying to say that this is necessarily going to be easier. I just think it's interesting that yes, they're actually trying to improve this system in such a way that might yeah. be a little bit more user friendly. And that that whole risk reward thing, like yeah. you know, maybe yeah, like you said, maybe getting up you have to forfeit some souls. Yeah, but or it's like it dying you lose. Or, like, going back to the checkpoint, maybe you'll only lose half your souls, whereas getting up, you lose all of them, or yeah. something like that. So it's it's like this... It, it's it's taking it to the next step of, like, how I'm, can I gamify death? Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, another thing that just popped in my head was the title Shadows Die Twice. So maybe it's, like... Yeah, you, it's, if, it's yeah. two times. Maybe you so, get two deaths or something so maybe, like that. So yeah, maybe it's, like, or like you, maybe, can, you can leave your bonfire as a shadow right. to where you're weakened... But you get a second, like... Right, so it, you literally have two lives. Maybe it's like you fight with your first life, get killed, and then your shadow comes back, yeah. fights, and then if that gets killed, then you go back or yeah, something like, that. Like, so like that. It, it could be a bunch of things. So it, I'm interested it, to see how this, this plays out. This isn't baby mode, but this is this it's is further expanding... <laughs> no, it's not baby mode. It's because further... Ex- could be a lot harder. Too. Right, it, it, it's expanding upon what you can really do with that mechanic. Yeah. You know? Like, that's the one thing I'll say about From Software is they... They never quite do the exact same thing because they're always pushing it forward in some way. Yeah. Also, one thing I was really excited about that I didn't hear about at all was the Division Two. I'm actually super. Excited. You, you two can talk about that. Adam. All right. So for, for the first here, division, you can jump over here if you want. The first, <laughs> Scott's just fucking done. Nope. He's like, I'm out of here. Peace. Fuck this shit. So while Scott and Zach transfer, I want to say uh, thank you guys for listening to. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um. So, with the with the division two, with the division two, I was excited, or I was just mainly surprised. Like, wow, they're bringing back the division because the first one just completely flopped. But if you waited till after, I think like the it was whenever months, they went down to the uh, to the subways was the yeah. was was what I remembered it being. Whenever you get to a certain point in the game, it gets better. But then even after that, after the game was out for a while, Ubisoft releases huge. Huge patch for it. Massive. It was like nine, nine point eight gigs or some shit. Like that was huge. I remember being really big. Maybe I didn't play for that long, but there was these huge patches, and the game actually was like really good after that. I was like, oh, actually, game's actually pretty fun. But no one played it, so you didn't have anyone to play with, and I was yeah. the sad part. So, um, I was actually surprised that like they try to, they're they're getting tried, they're bringing it back, and I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do differently this time because in the first game mode, it was like if you really think about it. If you're, like this is kind of weird. This is like weird to really think about. The first like division did have a battle royale me- uh, mechanic to it. Oh yeah, whenever you went did. out over to the uh, to the dark zone, the dark zone, yeah, yeah, and people didn't enjoy that very much. And then PUBG came out, and then battle royale is a new thing. So maybe that's what the division two is going to be about. It's like the whole 
battle royale mechanic, but with like kind of like a twist with the RPG twist. Because like there is other games that are that's coming out where it has different themes when it deals with uh, like a I don't know with, like when it deals with the battle royale mechanic. And mainly the only games that you think of when you think of Battle Royale is, of course, Fortnite. Right, Maybe, right. maybe PUBG. And PUBG's and then, up there for sure. You know, there's another one that came out. It's like Realms. Realms Royale, which is just a new one that's in beta. Realms sounds play. really cool, too. Yeah, so maybe this one will be like, hey, this is the first like widespread RPG um, roguelike uh, Battle Royale game that's coming out. Well, Bobby, let me ask you something, man. When was the last time that you actually played uh, The Division, uh, oh, the original? Like 2016, 2017, early it's, 2017 maybe. It's changed a lot from what I and I'm I'm personally I have Division just the the vanilla version I of, have of it. The game with all the DLCs. I don't have the DLCs, man. But apparently, if you go back game? through, if you go back through and you play it uh, without uh, or with all the DLCs, they fixed a lot of the original gripes of the yeah. game. Yeah. And um, they've learned from that, and really, what it is is it's a it's the same situation as Destiny One to Destiny Two is. They figured out what their player base likes, which yeah. is actually a solid game. At the end of Destiny One, I started liking Destiny again. I'll admit that, but um, you know, it's going to be a key. Or it, it, the question at that point is is if Ubisoft is actually going to go through and. Uh, uh, learn from their mistakes and create a product that is I mean superior to what they originally released at the 1.0 release of the of the uh, first division and to be honest with you dude I want to I want to just make something clear I didn't have too much of a problem with destiny I just okay so you guys oh, know man. the phenomenon whenever you're sitting there and you're walking around and like you know it's Christmas time and all you can hear is Christmas stuff, and eventually you get tired of the Christmas stuff at like, yeah, like at Walmart like like and everything else like Fallout that, dude. 3. Bro, and that's or that's not Fallout 3. Uh, sorry, um, Fable Three. Fable Three, yeah, I guess that's a. I, I didn't play Fable, but I will say is um, you know with 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 the division, I actually didn't like playing the game in non Christmas months. Because yeah. it was like doing weird shit in July, and I understand. Well, there was a there was an attack, so everything. It's not like they're going to take the decorations down. Yeah. But like literally, always playing in a snowy landscape. No, no, no. And all no. That like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, whenever, it's visually boring. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, like, uh, it feels stale. Yeah. Whenever I played Fable, I remember. I think it was Fable two or three, but it's like I think it came out around Christmas. So anytime I play that game, it'll usually be around Christmas. Mm. Like yeah. I've, I, I, I recently redownloaded it actually this past winter break. To pick Fable Three to just like play like play some of it again just because I didn't like replay through the story I just played it for some reason right I was like why do I, I was like, oh wait there's just a lot of snow in this fucking game there's a lot of snow in Fable Two yeah like, all right cool I, mean, I guess I like this game when I'm playing during Christmas so like I get that um, the division I think the biggest gripe for it was definitely the landscapes like they were adding more to the game but it was mostly just cities that was it so with Division Two you do in the trailer you do see you know, there's a lot more uh, environments to go through right. in the game. Um, they probably most certainly have learned from Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 feedback. Um, from uh, any other multiplayer games feedback, for that for that matter. So, I'm hesitant to like it because I saw Destiny 1 did. And it was literally like, I got the game and I had two other friends who already got the game. And they were like, super high level or whatever. And they were just like, walking me through the story. And I don't think I even got that far in the story. I think I got to like, mission like, maybe like eight or so story-wise and I was like I don't want to play this game anymore well just like I, but then like I remember going back after and downloading the, the huge patch and playing it 
and going in the dark zone and like completely showing everybody like okay this game is fun I actually really like this yeah yeah but um there was like I don't know it was one of those things where it was like the trailer when it first came out uh-huh. it was super ambitious I know everyone had this huge deal huge hard on for whenever the guy moved in and the he moved in like and he he closed, he closed the door whenever door, he yeah. walked by it whenever because the thing was is that you hugged the walls. The, the wall-hugging mechanic was really solid, very similar to how people were really into uh, Gears of War for that reason. Yeah, so um, whether it was Kill Switch or Gears of, I think Gears of War popularized uh-huh. the whole... Uh, I Actually, it for sure did. Gears of War was like... It was the, like... Not the grandfather, but I would say it was the one that made it like mainstream to have a cover system. It was it was the, the, the patient zero yeah. of it. so... <laughs> Kill, Kill Switch on the PS2 actually was the one that first kind of do that, but it was, uh, I don't know why the fuck I know that shit, but like, I just do. So, whenever that happened with, you know, the Division, it was like a huge deal. Like, okay, there's another cover shooter that's coming out, mm-hmm. you know? And so we'll see how this one does. I'm gonna keep my expectations on the medium level, because I, I do expect it to be better than the first Division, like for sure. When it, when it, on the initial release, not in, like an entire, I do expect the initial release to be better than what the division is right now in its most current state, the first one. But I also have not played enough division to where it's like my hopes are like, okay, I'm super psyched for this game. So I'm looking forward to the game in a sense that I want it to be really good. I want to have another game to play with my friends. I want a game that it's like, hey, okay, we got done playing Halo Infinite. We got done playing Gears of War. We played this too much. You know, let's go back and let's chill out and let's all play division or something or maybe sometimes the grind maybe. is nice man yeah, no, no, sometimes, sometimes the grind, the grind is, is nice, nice. For sure so um i don't know i i am excited for the game like i said to an extent i know scott isn't at all though <laughs> it's not that i'm not excited it's just i have no i i didn't play the first one it's honestly just not a type you the type of game games. yeah the type of game i'm really interested in well, and I, I'll go ahead and I'll close up the uh, the Division 2 talk. I mean, one thing that I'm kind of hoping for is making sure that um, whenever it does come out that uh, Ubisoft knows that they need to better lay out the story. Because y- you know you understand what the story was for the game, right? Mm-hmm. Black Friday, somebody releases a modified version of Smallpox, right, everybody dies. And, uh, you know, in all honesty, like, I, I, I get the story. But if you want to talk shit about Destiny's story, at least Destiny's story has more lore to it, a shit ton more lore than it. Cause I don't even think that it actually even goes into depth about who, and this is, this is, this is my ignorance speaking here. I don't think it really ever talks about like who infected all these people. It's literally like, Hey, we have to figure out how to survive. Like I want to know some lore. I want to know some background. You yeah. Know? So with Destiny, I remember Destiny's lore, for well, the first game at least, it was there, but you had to look for it on um, 343's website. Well, okay, and, let me like, ask you cards. something. Who are you fighting, what? and why are you fighting them? In Destiny? Yeah. Um, you're fighting those weird alien dudes because they... Uh, why? You're fighting the fake flood people. Why? I think the reason was because they were like, not because they're trying to take over your planet. It's because the darkness is coming. That they yeah. See, that's, that's okay, so game. you have a who and a why. Yeah, Destiny, or... A who, a what, and a why, yeah, okay? Yeah, the vision is just like, what happened? So, it, we we have the what, we don't have a who or yeah, a why. Exactly. And that's that, that was always my problem. And honestly, don't get me wrong, I understand it's an MMO game, essentially, but it still is something where... 
why would I feel an attachment to this universe whenever the universe is about a mile wide and an inch deep? Unlike The Witcher, because Witcher 3 is like, mm, mm, baby. But, so... Let's move on forward, guys. Okay, so, before we, you know, end this a little bit, With I some, want uh, EA, EA in there. I definitely want to talk about, um, of course, there's FIFA 19, there's Battlefield 5, which I'm going to talk about, because it's fucking making me fucking mad. I swear to God, I fucking hate that trailer. There's a new Star Wars game coming out between, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's like, like the new Star Wars game that's coming out is set between three episodes 3 and 4. You have Madden 19, you have FIFA 19, which I don't really care about because I never play those games. Yeah. And then you have Anthem, all right? Yeah. Anthem, honestly, looks boring as shit. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it looks, it looks too it old. Looks, we're moving into EA right yeah, now, right? Yeah, we're moving into EA, but like, Anthem, like, it looks... The game looks like it's one of those games where it's like, hey, you can explore this, you can do this with all your friends. There's a lot of shooting elements. It's like, you know, things can happen. It's procedurally generated, or whatever. But it's like, I, I would what the say fuck they. Let's do with this game. My biggest red flag about Anthem was they they showed essentially the same trailer just with like more updated yeah. um, like techniques. So that doesn't really speak highly to like how the game is turning out. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. So yeah, like I, I, my, my problem with it is just that I, it, it's going to be one of those games where we need to just see what it's yeah. like when it actually comes and, out. And I am totally judging a book by its cover when I say that, because uh, I mean, I get okay. Well, in this case, we know I know about Halo. I've played every fucking Halo game. Right, it, it's a known, qu- it's a known quantity. It's a, yeah, I have no idea what this game's about. We, we loosely have an idea what it's about. And then we did, we're just seeing, like, the technical aspects of the game, which right. is, like, the graphics. And that's what bothers me about it. It's, like, whenever you show off a game, you... You need to give a good yeah. vertical slice. And, and like, unless, unless the game has, like, already has this huge hype, like, like you know, The Last of Us 2. Because, mm-hmm. like, The Last of Us 2 is an awesome game. Like, I fucking play the game. I, I don't know. I've, I've at least played through that game, like, four separate times. Like, right, I've right. played that game so many times. And seeing the, just seeing the trailer, the initial trailer for The Last of Us when they announced it before E3, I was super excited. I was like, holy shit, this game's coming out. I am so ready for this shit. When I see Anthem, you know, and I think about the disappointment that EA has been lately, I get kind of nervous because this game is like, oh, the technic- like technically, like you know, in the technical aspect of this game, it looks beautiful. It's a pretty game. Yeah. But what the fuck is this game about? <laughs> well, the thing is, is that this is this is EA's answer to uh, Activision's uh, Destiny, right? And Ubisoft's. Um, Division. Right. This is the answer to the MOBA FPS grinder. What, 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 what can we? What what genre can we call this? The shooter grinder because they are all the same elements. I would say MMO it FPS. is. Yeah, the MMO shooter. FPS. It's not FPS it's though. MMO yeah, shooter. MMO or, shooter. Yeah. Okay, so three PS. Yeah. Here, here's my here's my biggest takeaway from this. So whenever you get these three company, whenever you get a company, right, and these companies are competing with each other. And I'm actually getting fucking mad about this because I didn't realize it until, like, <laughs> yesterday, actually. I was thinking about this. Whenever you get companies that are competing over, like, the next biggest thing, like, whenever PUBG, whenever PUBG dropped and then there was Fortnite came out and then they have, like, the newest version of, like, or the newest update to, to um, the zombie game, whatever, DayZ mm-hmm. versus Battle Royale, you have these things competing all for the same type of genre. Right. And then what people are going to do is, like, hey, I'm interested in this genre, you know, uh, does it bring anything new to the table? This game bring okay, no. All right, like between these three games, which one is my favorite? Which one am I going to play more? Which one's going to get the most media, you know, outlet to it, like exposure to it? 
So when it comes to Destiny 2 and it comes to Anthem mm-hmm. and all these other games that are competing or like, you know, these companies are competing, I don't think that's the way they should go about it. I think you should make something that, hey, it has this element to it where it can be, you know, like Destiny or it can be like an open world yeah. like uh, shooter. But this is also its main other half is this is its main focus. Yeah. So if EA is not bringing it to the table, I don't think this game's going to do well. The game for me, like, I guess I've been playing video games for a fucking long time. Like, seriously, I'm 25. And, like, I've been playing video games since I was, like, fucking four or some shit. Like, whenever I look at this game, it's pretty. The game looks does have, like, a lot of promises that it can, like, fulfill. It does have, like, some big shoes to fill for sure. But mainly what I'm seeing is I'm just seeing, like, you show me a demo about the, the graphics and the technical aspects of the game. I want to know what the game is about. Yeah. I want to know what you can do with your friends. Mm-hmm. I want to know if there's an online multiplayer. What the fuck are you doing in this game? Yeah. Is it another Quake? Is it another, like, Gears of the War where you just fly around? Mm-hmm. Is it, like, a Destiny, like, Halo clone? What is this? Yeah, and see, then that's kind of what I'm trying to get at, is that they ultimately just haven't showed us enough, which typically speaks ill to what the fuck is this game. So, do you guys believe the, uh... <clears throat> right now they're saying that there's not going to be any kind of, uh... DLCs or microtransactions. Do y'all actually oh, believe that I shit? mean, uh... <laughs> I, I think honestly, that's just uh, EA trying to cover up from the yeah, it's damage control. Still doing damage control from Battlefront two. Yes, because Battlefront two, they said okay. So what they did is they said they took off, they took off, uh, they lowered the oh, what they said they said they took off like the amount, like the required number of hours to play for like. They modified something in the game to where you had to play for shorter. Yeah, right? so they made it cheaper to buy stuff, so in theory you'd have to play for so- shorter No, but to what they didn't it. mention was that they also lowered the amount of experience you get by playing each match. Right, yeah. By like, by like a, I think it was like 60%. Mm-hmm. So over yeah. time, you actually, you still were playing the same amount to get like the points you needed. It was just that you had Whenever less they did points the math to get. For it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was bullshit. So I think it was like, what was it in Battlefront 2? It was like you had to pay 85 hours. Some, yeah, something, something crazy to like unlock like one, one character. character, and I was no, no, no. It was and it was like if you wanted to unlock all the characters, it was like fifteen thousand or something stupid. Well, what's funny is that Disney got pissed off and they right. actually so, put yeah. their foot down about it. And I was like, Ooh, you know, motherfucker, we're gonna fuck you up if it's like for this. fucking up their new IP that they just bought. Like that's like buying a new car and then somebody backing into a fucking garbage can. Kind yeah. Of bullshit, dude. So with Anthem. I know it's, it's coming out early next. It's that's the thing that really, that really, really irks me. We don't know shit about this game, all right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost fucking July right now. Right. It comes out February of next year. See, that's not that it, far away. It, no, no, it comes out this year. I thought. No, it comes out in like. Or is it? It's it next year. The February twenty second. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Well, still, that's you know, that's like what about eight months away? And so, and, and like, from what they showed us, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, we we know more about Kingdom Hearts than this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what bothers me about it. It's like if you if you guys want to like make something groundbreaking, don't start it off with like, hey, this is a Facebook post that Machinima or IGN shared. Right. This new game like, Anthem by EA that's going to be really good. It's like, all right, cool. What, what, what are you going to show at E3? Show us fucking something at E3. Right, right, right. Like, what the fuck? All righty. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Um, not necessarily. We had Madden 19 coming out. We had Battlefield 5. Battlefield 5. We yeah, got... Dude, to be honest with you, dude, EA's was disappointing. There's two... There were two of them that were disappointing that I think we can all agree on. It was Square Enix... And it was EA. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, granted, I will give Anthem or EA. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, both of them. EA, we don't like EA because they're assholes. But mm-hmm. 
their independent developer team thing that they do where they invest right, yeah. into like Unraveled and stuff right, like that. Right, so they, they actually invest into independent companies and they actually see no dollars from that. So they're essentially helping them market and actually right. get out there. So I will say there's a couple of new cool games coming out from EA. I don't remember what the other one was where it's like the boat or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But you also have Unraveled 2 coming out. We're not going to get into that because if you've played Unraveled 1 or you haven't yet you should check it out google mm-hmm. it i'm gonna leave the mysteriousness up to y'all yeah um definitely and then, worth of it of course uh you know uh talking about and going forward to square enix was the other one not mm-hmm. ubisoft if i said ubisoft no no you said square um, square enix um i'm gonna go ahead and agree with what we were saying earlier um square enix is a company that publishes games for many different consoles and because of it, they have to share their releases on those consoles. Right. I mean, eventually, Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo are going to say, "Hey, can we borrow that?" And the thing is, is that that's your that's your customer, and you have to make sure that the customer's right. Right. Um, so honestly, to wrap it all up, man, I thought I, I I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I thought that this was a great E3. I thought this was a wonderful E3. I had a lot of fun in it. There was exciting things I didn't think that I was going to see. There was new stuff that I didn't know that I was going to see. There was, you know, a lot of nostalgia. There was there was some good vibes with it. I mean, I, I hate to sound like no, oh, agree, good vibes, man. No, it was just there was just something about this E3 that was right. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. Um, I feel like I feel like Microsoft's got me the most excited, honestly. But I also feel that Sony's. So I, I bought the Xbox for multiplayer stuff, mm-hmm. bought my PS4 for the, all the exclusives that won't be on the Xbox. Right. So I wouldn't miss out on anything. And then I got my Switch because, like, you know, I like Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I feel like while Microsoft did get me the most excited, like, holy shit, these games are coming out. I'm super, like, ready for these. Sony was like, dude, yes, continue the stories for these games, these exclusives I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. But also throwing some new IPs in there. Right. Nintendo was like... We're doing some fan service here. Like, this is what you want. Here's Smash Bros. Everyone knew Smash Bros was coming out. Right. They already knew it. It was announced earlier this summer. Like, and they showed it. And people were, they showed us a bunch of, like, reaction vids on YouTube where people were freaking out about it. We knew it was going to come for this E3. And yet, we were still excited for it. We were still, ex- like, okay, yeah, we know what's coming up with Nintendo. Let's see what, you know, Sony, let's see what Microsoft is doing. We were excited about mechanics. Yeah. Like, and they, they, they <laughs> mechanics and, for a game. I will say, though, I will say, though, like, and it's important stuff. Yeah. Though. I will say that mechanics over story. That's yeah, for just sure. My I, I will. I will say that <laughs> Nintendo wasn't wasn't the most. Set. Why is this girl looking at me? She's like totally turning around. Like I don't know what else is going on. But uh, there's a. Uh, I feel like Nintendo's was the most in depth, and it was strictly just for Smash. Right. Because Smash, like they showed us. All right, here's new game mechanics. Here's everything that you need to know about the game up front. Mm. You know, and it was the most in depth. Microsoft got me the most excited. Nintendo was the most fan service. Like here's the thing that's in depth. And then in depth, and then Sony was here's a continuation of what you already love, but here's some new things as well. Right. Uh, EA, I wasn't really impressed with. They could do some stuff better, especially with Battlefield Five and Anthem. And Ubisoft Ubi. was, eh, it's all right. Yeah, I but mean, yeah. I guess for me, it's like I I just love. Um, I I mean. In my opinion, it's it's Sony versus X or Sony versus Microsoft. I, I don't even really count Nintendo in it just because they're they're a known quantity. Real, real, real quick. Um, I don't know if you all touched on this with Microsoft. I'm not a Microsoft fan, like I said before. I just want to reiterate that. But one cool thing that I saw about Microsoft was how um, hard they're working towards streaming services. Yeah. 
and some of those conveniences. Their hardware was what I was more proud of. Well, than and their software. even the fact that they recently this I don't think it the came, Game Pass. Are you talking about? Well, they have Game Pass as well as the um, the controller that can take multiple inputs for people who have uh, accessibility. Yeah, based on an accessibility controller. Yeah, they do that because Windows has it. Like, well, but, but it's, but, it's still but really see, good. Sony doesn't well, do a, jack shit in that. Right now. I mean, like, literally in my job right now, my new one of my new projects is accessibility features yeah. for software. And that's, that's it, it's it, becoming it, a hot thing because there's a lot of people that need that help. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, I agree with that too. why should we restrict it to, you know, us who have actually ten fingers who can play? Like, no, no, no. I, I, I think it's amazing that. that, you know, they're actually they willing. The time in, in yeah, exactly. Whereas Sony, Sony won't even, like, Make a pro I'm controller, sure, yeah. yeah. So, like, so bad an eye or allow cross platform for other right. Uh, people so with it, it's like I I love Sony for their console. I just hate that they they they're, they're so like, they're so walled so garden. Yeah, like, it's like they're not personable. Right, like they're just like hey, we're, we're a machine. Service. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> yeah. We, we provide a service, and that's how it is. Like honestly, for me, like I don't have a broken armor anymore. But when I did, like as in the cast, like me playing video games was like fucking damn near impossible. Right, exactly. So, like, whenever, um, whenever I got back into playing video games again, of course, throwing my Xbox again. I was like, oh fuck yeah, I call my Xbox boys. Yeah, but I don't know. That speaks volumes. Like Microsoft was like, hey, you know, we're gonna help you out, and like mm-hmm. for those who like can't really, who want to enjoy our console and enjoy our services. Here, we're giving you the ability to do that. So it's just like, oh, whatever, fuck it. One thing that whenever you actually, if you work in the field or if you work with people who who work in the field of accessibility, universal accessibility, um, you know, and compliancy standards and stuff like that, um, a lot of people don't think about it, and I didn't think about it until some of my more recent projects I've been working on. But there is such a thing as temporarily disabled, and at some point yeah. in your life, you're going to be disabled. Right. You are. In regards to having a disability, you will have bad eyesight, maybe deaf, something like that. Right. You might have a broken thumb or a finger. You can be temporarily disabled. Yeah. And the thing is, is that people don't think about that. They only think about, well, what happens if I was born with a crippled arm or something like that? And the thing is, is that people aren't, they're not open-minded enough mm-hmm. to really think about the, what, what, what does it mean to be disabled? Yeah. And see, I think like my favorite story from it that I saw was there's a guy who got, just hit by a fucking drunk driver like completely innocent got hit by a drunk driver and he's basically paralyzed he can move like two he can move his thumb his right thumb his right index finger his right middle finger and he can move his right foot so they literally were able to hook a paddle up to right trigger and then they were able to hook the right uh thumbstick to turn and the top two button it, it basically looked like the nunchuck for the wii was that they hooked that up and he could play Forza Four with with just those two forms of input with his foot and and three fingers. And that, and, it, and, and that like you should see the joy on his face of like he couldn't even move his fucking neck, but he he's like sitting there fucking smiling, like just ramming his car into other other cars and stuff like that. Playing with his brother who who is fine from the accident, like you know, it's just shit like that. It's like maybe Microsoft's the underdog, but they're actually like paying attention to like anyone can be a gamer, you know. You know, Microsoft gets a lot of shit, and the one thing that, you know what, their IPs suck. I'm going to say that right now. Yeah. I'm not a Gears of War fan. I couldn't get into Gears of War. I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs> no, 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 I know everyone's life's different, and, like, it is. Not, not everyone can like Gears of War. I and it doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't no, like no, it. You can say it sucks. No, 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 it doesn't suck. I didn't make a game. No, no, I'm just saying that, like, you know, 
it's it's it it has its its viewership and everything like that. No matter if you like or dislike Microsoft products, um, they do have a lot of really great things that they are doing in the world. Accessibility on the software side, they did buy out GitHub, and I don't view that as a bad thing. They're not going to steal your fucking code. Yeah. You know, they're providing for open source things that don't make them any money. Yeah. But things that just make their their user base that already exists a little bit happier, and yeah. that's that's nice right there. Um, that's all I got for you. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. got. That's all right. All got. So, time for the beer review. What do we think? Are of, we actually going to do a beer review? I say, it, it just pick, just pick one of them. What do you guys think? So, during the cast, we had many different beers throughout the podcast. <laughs> if you can't tell from the quality drop. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> uh, I've switched over from Wondermelon over to uh, the most powerful or the Brunch most menu. potent uh, beer on the menu, Brunch Money, which is at about 10%. Um, it's it, it's it's some kind of stout. It's it's so delicious. So wh- why don't you take brunch money, Bobby? You take uh, honey, please. Honey, please, and I'll take, take money, yeah or watermelon. So yeah, go uh, ahead, Zach. Money brunch money, 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 brunch um, money, 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 money. Um, anyways, I can't talk right now, but uh, no, it's it was a fantastic. Uh, it's a fantastic beer. It's one of my uh, favorites by far. It's a nice uh, light flavor. It's not as chocolatey or as necessarily overpowering as some of the other stouts that we have on the show like the imperial stouts and other things like that but i will say for the uh flavor that it has it has a really un it has a punch that you don't notice till the very end Mm -hmm. and it's it's really strange um if you're by pick yourself up one um here at armadillo uh aleworks and uh you'll see what i'm talking about it's it's just a good beer all around even if you don't like stouts i love it um, I'd give it a solid 9 out of 10, to be honest with you. It's one of my favorite stouts. All righty, Bobby. All right, so I actually had two beers today, but the only one I'm reviewing is uh, the Honey Please. This beer, I don't know. It's uh, It has the occupying taste that honey usually has, where I can't really explain it. The best way I can explain it is if mm-hmm. you were to put honey on your tongue, it kind of balloons out over your tongue. Right. It's got a sticky resin to it. And this beer has that, which is kind of weird, but it's still... A beer, so it still has a biscuity, almost tarty flavor to it. So, but I enjoy it. It's uh, easy to drink. Uh, it's definitely a beer you can crack open with the boys. So I'm gonna give this uh, eight out of ten. I actually really enjoy this. I would drink this every day if I could. It's not like the best beer in the world. So I guess maybe seven and a half. Actually, it's not the best beer in the world. But I still really enjoying it. I've had probably like what four glasses of this yeah. in here. Well, it seems like every time you come, you actually pick one of those. Yeah. You get one of them. Like, the thing is, like, I, I want to revisit it. Like, I want to be like, all right, so this is a general beer, but it's not like a bad one. It's yeah. not like a, a macro brew. It's like it's still really, really good. I enjoy drinking it, but it's not the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. It's better than a Montucky, uh-huh. but it's not like Hop Slam or something. Mm-hmm. It's not something crazy that we've had on another cast, but I still will enjoy it. If you guys uh, are ever in the area of Den, Texas, be sure to check out our, like uh, Armadillo L Works. Uh, try give it a shot. Give it give uh, Honey Please a shot. It's just like a general beer, honestly. But it's sweet. It's kind of sweet, but not too sweet. So I, I enjoy it. All right, so it, it's time for the, uh, the the seasonal watermelon one here with. Uh... Oh, buddy, this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and, and see, I think 
picking out watermelon for summertime is like I, I I just don't think you can get wrong with it in my opinion. And I mean, you get wrong with it if you're me and you're allergic to watermelon. Well, okay, yeah. If it. you're allergic to watermelon, Bobby's then, allergic to watermelon. If you didn't know, if you want to try to kill Bobby or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think this is just like a perfect beer, especially you know catering to the audience who's going to be coming here. So I, I will say, okay, I, I know more about the the watermelon. This is my this is my field of study right here. As you guys know on the cast, I'm a huge lager fan, light beer fan. Yeah. Um, this is similar to a Pilsner. This is a Kloche or Kolsch. Yeah. Um, style uh, beer. It's a German, basically kind of similar to a Pilsner. Um, it reminisces a lot to the uh, to a, a lager, right? But with a little bit more hoppiness to it, which yeah. is great. Yeah, and that happiness is really expressed with the watermelon juice that they added into it. Yep. And God, it just. It just makes it like this perfect, refreshing beer for the hot Texas heat that we have to deal with during the summer here. There's a reason why Latin folk, anybody south of the border here in Texas, uh, put lime on their watermelon. Right. Sour, bitter, and watermelon go really well together. Well, and, and see, and it's, it's and it's and it's also that like cocktail combination of you got to have your sugar, you got to have your liquor, and you got to have your bitters and. It, it, that this this beer encompasses all of that stuff to just make like in my opinion almost a perfect beer for summer. So like I, I'd honestly give this a ten out of ten. Like, I, if I was reviewing it, I was going to give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, so I, like, we've, I just want to make it clear to the uh, to anybody listening tonight. We've been up here like uh, about every weekend since their uh, soft yeah, opening. Since so. the soft opening, we've been up here every week, and, and you know just getting to tap into this. Uh, it was was it. Last weekend? The first? Last weekend yeah, was last... their first opening for this beer, too. Right. So you can only... They did it one one batch of cans, supposedly. Right. But it's something where if you wanted to give this beer a try, you got to come up here to Denton. you got to try it yourself. you got to come into the tap room and meet the staff, which are... They're, they're wonderful Phenomenal. people. Phenomenal, as I would say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, would, I would recommend you guys coming on in here. Give it a shot. Um, it's a seasonal release, too. As well, uh, you know, and that's that's the other thing too is that whenever these seasonals come around, you always get kind of like a nice, like kind of sense of satisfaction. It's like right. whenever you smell gingerbread mm-hmm. or peppermint at Christmas, right? Time. And, and, and they're just trying to put you in the mood, basically, for whatever season it is. And goddamn, that'll put you in a goddamn mood right there, man. All righty, <laughs> so uh, this has been the back bar. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you made it to the end, it's, uh, we're at an hour and 50 minutes now. So <laughs> I hope you guys made it this far. Um, be sure to check out, uh, Armadillo Ale Works. They were kind enough to let us record in their, um, in their new, uh, tap room, tap room basically. Um, so yeah, big shout out to them. Thank, thank you to them. Um, I guess uh, without further ado, uh, as Bradley would say, don't forget to crack a cold one with uh, your boys. See you guys. Later.